Today's episode was sponsored by Phoby.com, helping people of all ages to unlock their creative potential. To find out more about Phoby's events and what they can do for you, visit Phoby.com. That's F-O-B-I.com. Phoby, full of bright ideas. One quick message before I start the show. You can find all the links and resources for this episode by visiting the show notes on rickyrichards.com. I also want to thank you ahead of time for listening to the podcast. It's a pleasure to produce and I'd love to share my passion for podcasting with more people. So if you enjoy this show, please help me spread the word either by subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher or sharing this episode. Let's get into the show. Welcome to Ricky Richards Represents, the show where I talk tips of success with leading figures of creativity and innovation. Hello everyone, hope you're well, thank you for tuning into the podcast. Uh, today I'm joined with a friend of mine called Ed, and this is the first ever drunk cast, which... Um, yeah, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. Basically, we're having a few drinks and going to talk a bunch of shit over the podcast. So, good start for a swear word, I think. No? Crap bum fart. <laughs> there you go. That's as good as it gets for you, is it? Crap bum fart. <laughs> <laughs> Simpsons is top of mind at the moment, and that was Bart, Bart swearing. Right. Ever since Trump, I think Simpsons has been way more top of mind. Okay. Mm. All right. So, Ed... Um, is a marketer. Could you introduce yourself, just explain a little bit about yourself before we get into the episode? Sure. So I got, I think at the age, so at the age of 18, I, I dropped out of school and, and, and ran away to China for, for two years. And I stayed there. I, ca- I came back uh, for a working holiday, then came back, uh, finished off school, then went to, to uni Fire working as a deckhand uh, on a super yacht in the Med uh, for the summer, and then went to uni, continued learning Chinese. Um, since I was young, I've kind of been really into computing at the same time. So that's basically web development. So from HTML to PHP, that type of thing. And then, but I've always been really interested in business as well. So I, I used to import stuff from China as well. That was my only exposure to China pre-China. Um, by the way, I had no interest in China before that. I was going to say, so so far you're a boating, Chinese-speaking business coder. Who is in marketing. Right. <laughs> I really like business. I really like economics. Um, I didn't realize quite how much I liked economics until relatively recently. But yeah, psychology, economics, um, how people use their resources um, optimally and tech and basically if you put all of them together these days you get marketing so do you listen to freakonomics i've read freakonomics right. uh, i didn't know you could listen to it uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah i guess so that's a good one you should give that one a listen you, po- you, podcasts you, eh? you've just got into podcasts right i have uh, ever since i got an iphone um they have started to change my life as as one of your um previous guests said they uh Ah, Jack, Jack the Rose, the uh, Ethereum dude. That sounds about right. They, yeah. There's something for when, you, when, when your body's busy and your brain isn't. Yeah, and I like that. So I'm curious, like, yeah, you, everyone has their first podcast and then they probably move on to others after they explore a little bit. So what have you 
What are your entry podcasts? Um, I think Ricky Richards represents. Oh, right. It's, it's literally my first <laughs> so, one. Solid plug. They, there we go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not bad. Um, no, it's, it's, it's very good. Um, I really enjoy just dropping in on conversations, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then I got into, um, there's one called, I, I just basically did a search um, I heard someone recommend one. I tried to find it. I couldn't. That's one of the awful things about podcasts is you, it's very, they're very like closed systems and you're not sure exactly. There's no def, definitive URL I can go to, for example, and like find one sometimes and you don't, you can't track them. There are no links in a podcast. It's quite difficult. But I, I went to Marketing Smarts, which, which has been pretty good. Um, so you can listen to all sorts of people who've done done interesting things to greater or lesser extents um and then there's one called uh it's by a guy called nate silver who for politically types out there is like a bit of a god because he he basically called the last two elections well the election the last two before this one absolutely perfectly or something like that he's a statistician and I've, i was listening to him uh very consistently uk pre- elections or us us right yeah so is this the i heard that there was a chap that claimed that donald trump was going to be president way 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 early like when he first started running he was like he's going to win is this the guy did oh did no he, or did he mess up on this one? no 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 he screwed it up right he screwed it up um but I suppose for predicting the future, there are always going to be, be out, of, out of the thousands of people who make predictions, there will always be one who's right. So the BBC will do an article on someone 30 years later and say, this guy, this guy, he got it, he got it all right. Yeah, but I mean, literally a million people made predictions that year and you've chosen the one that got it right. And the thing right. that people say is just make predictions because people, mm. you know... You could be on the BBC in 30 exactly. years' time. Yeah, typically it's like it's X number of years down the line, so you can just pull out your highlight reel and say, yeah. Yeah, I predicted that right, predicted that right, predicted that right. Forget all the ones I completely messed up and didn't think of. If I was going for a job in finance, I think what I would do... So I, I, I did it when I was about uh, 16. I, I had to fake a bank statement, but um, I got a, an account on... like a, I think it was called IG Index at the time. It was a spread betting firm where you bet on 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 equities going up or down you can bet on anything really and when you were 16 yes i was just interested i wanted to see what happened i just broke even and then i got out of it because you basically it's such a perfect market it's very difficult to make money unless you're a supercomputer um but if i was going for a job in finance trying to bullshit and my way through the interview i would set up 20 uh, spread betting accounts or like fake um, like test trial $10,000 free type accounts and use a different strategy on each one and well, then show them the one that I, I did well on. There's the, uh, it's a, a perfect marketing example, isn't it? Of the people that say, invest with us. We know you're like, you know, uh, we know what's going to happen. And then you send out the polar opposite to half half the people and then you keep predicting and sending yeah. out your messages to half the people so every time you're going to hit one of the right answers yeah and so basically your pool reduces but by the time you've bet it 10 times and you've got it correct 10 times the, the five people that have, have watched you make these predictions are ready to put their mortgage on the line that's it because you've got it right for the previous 10 weeks combined 
yeah. start out if you've got a mailing list of 20, anyone who's, who's got a mailing list of 10,000 people out there, you can have three people believing you're a genius within two and a half months. I think I'd prefer to have 10,000 that just think I'm a nice guy. From, a, mar- from a marketing perspective, would, would you prefer the three that think you're a genius? Ooh, what, what, compared with three who think I'm a nice guy? Or 10,000? 10, 10,000. Who think I'm a nice guy? Oh, I'll, I'll, take, I'll, take the, I'll take the nice guy. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Because I can definitely convince more than three of them that I'm also a genius. There you if go. they also if they think <laughs> I'm a nice guy already. Yeah, there we go. Right, so the point of today, we've already got on some good tangents. I'm really happy about this. It's going to go well. The drunker we get, I'm sure it'll get even more interesting. Speaking of. Yeah. So what's your alcohol of choice today? Tis a, tis a Heineken and Stella. I'm going from a, a Heineken to Stella switch right now. Um I'm I'm not much of a spirits drinker whatsoever. Just I think don't it be, tastes like petrol. Don't be confused by the accent, folks. He's opening this uh, beer with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> that was a flawless technique. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. On my lento, on my gap yard. <laughs> <laughs> my three gap yards. <laughs> right, so what's first on the agenda? So... I've got, I've got hot, just Microsoft in general after, after today. That's a bit of a crap one. Like Hotmail and Skype, they're just terrible. At least Skype was. Um, and then Elon Musk, um, who is uh, just in every way, he just, he's perpetuating the cult of him, his, his own cult to prop up um, the, the value of his companies. Um, but you say that, so and I his control. I was chatting to a investor. I think I mentioned this on a prior podcast. So sorry for anyone that's listened to the others. But he um, he was saying how people like uh, people in the finance industry don't like Elon Musk because he does stuff such for the greater good that 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 puts that necessarily puts profit on the sidelines sometimes. And the counter argument to that is that he wants profit, obviously, because he wants to. Uh, his space program to be successful and he needs a lot of money for that but when you're dealing with someone that's not completely financially motivated like it's a, like it's a ludicrous move well it's not because he's trying to propagate the technology but when i'm talking about like when you say like um give away your patents and stuff like that do you know what i mean like mm. that that's counter to the way business minds think which is we hoard our stuff and we capitalize on it yeah, I suppose. But at the same time, he has proved himself uh, on probably a number of occasions to... I mean, he's, he's certainly got, got rich. Whether he's produced profits um, is, is less certain. I mean, he's certainly got rich himself. PayPal probably was profit um, generating. 400 pre- million, pre-sale. I believe. Yeah, but whether whether or not it was actually generating profit before he sold it, I don't know. But that's kind of not not really the point. He he creates value, that's for sure. Yeah. Um. I mean, in the case of the first one that he did, the first company he did, which was, I think it was helping uh, media companies, news newspapers, for example, to propagate their content online in the early days of the internet. He was, I think, he was quite early in the in the first Silicon Valley gold rush, uh, pre dot com boom. Um. 
he, he, he sold that. That was his first big exit. And then he, I think it was after that that he went to PayPal. He made a lot of money there. Oh, and, no. he, and, and he created something which is now massively profit generating. He might not have done that with, um, you know, really noble um, uh, thoughts in his mind. But he, he's now on that path. And it's going pretty well. Here's a debate for you, because I often have this debate, which is I talk about, is it worth, right, so myself right now, so say Ricky Richards, he's trying to, he's trying to, trying to do good in the world. There's a, there's, a, there's a, if I try to start my own company with the knowledge I have, which is reasonably educated as far as tech startups and marketing and blah, 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 I would have, like to say, a 0.1% chance of creating a successful company that is really uh, financially successful. It might even be less than that, I don't know. But just say a very, very slim chance of me creating the next PayPal. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm posing a hypothetical here for you. You with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so far, assuming that there's a 0.0 whatever percent chance I could create this fantastic company... Is it more noble to pursue financial riches with the uh, idea that you then are going to create a massive impact in the world if you succeed than it is to just be a good giving person with the limited resources you have? So I could go through my whole life and be really, really good and do lots of nice things for people. Yeah. And I would do a fraction of the good that Elon Musk is going to do in probably a week based on the fact that he earns a a shit ton of money and that he can throw that into space programs and solar paneling and whatever. Mm. My, I believe that it's better for me to pursue, not, not that I, in this moment in time, I'm not pursuing a ton of money, but if, if, if the goal was to create was purely for the greater good, I think it it would be more worthwhile for me with a mindset of I want to do the greater good to try and pursue a lot of money first rather than the insignificant dint I make on the planet with my life not uh, not having a lot of resources in which to propagate my so, ideas. So you think that you should go make a bunch of money and get loads of resources and then become good and a, and a philanthropist? Yeah, to some, to some degree, I'm not saying that you wouldn't be good along the way, mm-hmm. but like assuming that in order to make a lot of money, you might need to pursue not necessarily bad things, no, but like it. not. I'm, not think, I'm thinking of, of, of climate change lobbyists who travel on, on or, I mean, extensively to international conferences to have these... Uh, conferences which will hopefully have a net gain when it comes to reducing carbon emissions but you don't really know there's a bit of give and take and so, so it's like the uh the new documentary with uh what's his name oh yeah leonardo DiCaprio. leonardo dicaprio where at the end they basically say yes uh, the amount of travel that leonardo <laughs> did on his private jets throughout the course of this documentary was offset by the fact he paid some carbon tax like, really really does that does that equate for that i don't know do you know what i mean 
So, so I'm I'm thinking of it in in those terms. Like for for social good, should you make money first? Should you go to this international climate conference first, or should you just you know take responsibility for yourself and your family and friends? I suppose that's a perfect example, right? Because he's flying private jets. Potentially, I don't know if he is. He might be flying commercial jets to where X place in the world in order to propagate a message that he obviously has the power to get in front of millions of people. Mm. So is it okay? I suppose that deviates slightly because he, he's he got a lot of money. I wonder... I suppose he's done his wealth making already. Yes. And now he... So, so, so maybe that answers... I mean, he's a good example of the make loads of money first and then switch your attention to philanthropy. Yeah, games. so so really, but like, so he's created a film, right? Which is the which is the genre he's in. But hmm. how, he's doubled down on it. How? Yeah, I wonder how much impact that's going to make. I wonder if yeah. he went. I, I haven't seen it, for example. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but I wonder if he went. I'm gonna, you know, not necessarily compete with Elon Musk, but do something else in another region that would be giving greater good to more people and actually because you know in the marketing industry you've got a lot of people that talk a good game but don't actually act upon their own oh actions. yeah absolutely it's so difficult to measure yeah which is why i think experience is so important in marketing when you like must have eight years experience it's like, well yeah but i can do it now it doesn't matter you need eight years experience because we don't know if you can do it now yeah you can't do a test sorry no 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 like i'm 100 percent on that train of thought because like when People say to me, like, oh, like, you know, I could be working at a big agency or something. Part of me is like, I don't want to do that because I want to prove that I can sustain myself financially independently mm. because I understand supposedly the methods that I'm promoting to my clients or whoever. And like, I feel like the same is true of social justice warriors a lot of the time, that especially the ones that have a, a ton of money. Put that on the line if you really believe in it. Like, you know, is creating a documentary that might have cost him a million pounds if he funded every single element mm. of it, which he probably didn't. Is that putting it all on the line? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I think you can probably do both. Um, I, I don't think Elon Musk is a particularly... Uh, I think every time we say Elon Musk, we should drink, by the way. Okay. All right. Getting back to uni games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I, I think he's probably not a bad guy, um, when it comes to this type of, no, actually rubbish. He's probably got a private jet. I think he well, does. No, uh, when he first got rich, he bought a McLaren F1. That's it. That's it. So I, th I think it's, at it's, what it's... point did he change his mind and go, do you know what? This McLaren F1 probably isn't. <laughs> I think he was trying to get laid at the time. I think that's the difference. I get that impression about Elon Musk. Yeah. Drink. Oh, yeah. He, he re yeah, he goes for models and stuff. He does. It's like Richard Branson. Like, I read his autobiography. He went through a fair few women. Like, fair play to him. Like, I wonder if it's like this whole entrepreneurship, but deep down, it's just a massive ploy <laughs> to pull supermodels. <laughs> well... There's there's a lot of a uh, lot of people, particularly in the feministy sections of tech and Silicon Valley, who, as as philanthropic and uh, utopian as Silicon Valley companies and the whole industry likes to be, it's 
that there's a theory I heard that it's basically just a way for geeks and nerds to reassert themselves as alpha males. Um, and that's probably typical of, of, of someone like Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg and Larry and Sergey Page, uh, Larry Brin and Sergey Page, Larry, wait, Larry Page and Sergey Brin, who I don't know anything about, to be honest, but uh, I heard them referred to as womanizers. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a way for them to get to the top in a knowledge based world. The person who, who knows or can command the knowledge in the most effective way is going to be the guy who can beat his chest the hardest. I think there's probably like a psychological level that makes you pursue that kind of stuff. But then I also think that they probably do have really, really, uh, you know, ethical mindsets when they go into these things. But then when you come out the other side and you're a multi-millionaire, all of a sudden your priorities change. <laughs> I, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't know. Like that makes that, that sounds very shallow. It assumes that um, people can be bought. They can. They can. But the point I'm trying to make is that, yeah, I can see how all of a sudden, like the prospects that you didn't have as a as a teenager can become very open to you. We've gone well off the subject. I can't. Remember do you think if I should was. be? Do you think I should be good in the short term? That's it. That's it. Right. Um, you, I, I can't comment, but I think there's plenty of room for both strategies. Right. It's not one is right. It as usual. There's there's a middle ground. Because I know that there's going to be people that say like. Um, you know, Gandhi didn't have any money or something like that. Do you know what I mean? He was loaded, wasn't he? Was he? I, I don't know. I have no idea. But assuming he didn't, or assuming he did it with very little, he had some dodgy sandals. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly wasn't rocking Louis Vuittons. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's such a bad comment. He would never wear Louis Vuittons. Who would? Who would, yeah. Fuck the fashion labels. <laughs> hate the fashion labels i know very little about gandhi it's one of my i'd say indian history well yeah indian history japanese history and u.s history i know very little about them and i feel i need to especially u.s history never been there i've never studied it i accidentally didn't take history gcse i took it for a level but not for gcse so i haven't been forced to go through a period of study of it and i i really feel poorer for that there's, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I also think that I've only really in the recent, year, recent years started to appreciate history. Because when you're a kid and you look at a TV and history's in black and white, you assume it was a million years ago. Do you know what I mean? Like you just instantly go, my TV's colour. So and uh, and okay. and stuff looks That's more stuff looks more future. Visually, I just uh, process well, it immediately. Well, I, I'm 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 talking on behalf of everyone, but really, it's my own experiences. When I was growing up, learning about history, the idea that the First World War wasn't that long ago didn't wasn't in my mind. Do you know what I mean? I assumed it was an age ago, like an age mm. undefined number, but a very very long time ago. Based on the fact that the current circumstances that I was in and what I was consuming was so different. And so it never occurred to me that it was a different time. And I think that that's... Like, when you look at the elections, the US election and the Brexit and all that kind of stuff, mm. and you look at the bell curves regarding age to how many people voted in or out, so many young people voted to stay in, and it's almost like an optimistic 
optimistic, optimistic outlook on the future based on the fact that they didn't know the past and the fact that they're assuming that, you know, they've just got, because they didn't, because they didn't know the past, they assume that the future's bright and they don't know what was before. Does that make sense? And vice versa for the other end of the bell curve. So the yeah, you'd, at the you'd, other end. you'd assume that they believe that old people voted out. Old people voted out, so you'd assume that that means that they believe that the country was better at some point in time. As everyone does, which is absurd. We, we, yeah, but there's like a cognitive bias which suggests that you always favour your youth. You look back at your youth and say, it was a great time. The, yeah, it's The like, pinnacle of my life, if, my exuberance, my youth. If everyone looked back with... Like, everyone looks back with rose-tinted spectacles, and if that was true then you if you went back far enough you would end up in a prehistoric utopia and that didn't exist as far as i'm aware so it can't be true i mean it can't be that things were better when you were younger as like a matter of fact unless you look at like some fairly objective measurable things and i think we've just taken a big step back with brexit and trump yeah there's a lot of people saying that they think it's going to knock us back like 10 years in the way of in like, certain respects, maybe. Hmm. Uh, you know, like my family have got a number of interesting views, but I actually respect m- my nan in one respect because whenever she's one of the few older members of my family who, when questioned about how great the old times were, she talks about the fact that they used to have to go outside to go to the toilet. You know, Good. like yeah. simplicity in the basics of the way you act as it day to day. Clearly, life is significantly better. <laughs> it's so hard to talk on a podcast when you, you're burping up. <laughs> oh, man. Right. I'm no, put- no, I, I, I know what you mean. Uh, and I can imagine that's refreshing. All of my, my grandparents are dead, though. So I don't have that. Dark. <laughs> but, well, we are. We, I do have a beer in my hand, and it is... <sighs> right, I'm pulling us back to Elon Musk, because we never Drink. we never really established what we were trying to talk about there so wait 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 wait, wait, wait. Uh, utopia I'm pulling this in a different direction let's do it so his talk regarding how they're going to get to this other planet okay Mars right yeah Mars number one how annoying were the idiots in the audience that just asked him ridiculous <laughs> fucking questions like if I was that like that's the only time I think someone could <laughs> rightly be murdered. I thought that was one of the best bits, if I'm honest. Like, this guy gives a groundbreaking speech, which everyone sees. But then I saw it in the outtakes that some of these questions... He was... Oh, man, <laughs> I, I was just screwing at this team. No, I was screw- the Burning Man last week. <laughs> Elon Musk is really... Drink, sorry. Um, he's really polite, all of that about it. And, you know, the toilets... They were like disgusting. <laughs> you know, no. I'm really high right now. I'm so high. And I've got this like magazine where you look at it, Elon. He's like, I'm really sorry, man, but I'm trying to save the world. Yeah, and I, I've also I've got to I've I've got to go. I've I've got to go. And, and he just like runs off the stage after a think, while. What I think was amazing is that terrible. he managed to turn these really idiotic questions into like feasibly intellectual. Like he was like he he diagnosed like what's this idiot number one saying? Let's pretend that it was a it was a 
like a legit question, what would yeah. I answer to it? Yeah. it was almost That's like, a skill. That is a massive skill. Yeah. I can't do that. I'm like, I didn't understand what you just said. He was like one of those translating machines that takes like gobbledygook and it comes out in like an actual language you understand. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I was a burning man and then it's like okay I'm going to give you an intellectual answer to that fucking idiotic question I'm sorry Ed I'm swearing go for it are you going to show your mom this recording maybe maybe I apologise Ed's mom you should hear my mom is she, she abusive no La- like in her language no not I could, physically I wouldn't go that far okay but she 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 does F and blind every now and again. <laughs> My mum's northern, you see. You know? uh, I do. She she's thoroughly forgotten her northernness, I'd say, m- mostly. But every now and again, she does show her true colours. You can take the girl out the north, but you can't take the north out the girl. I tell thee. <laughs> where did you come, Where did you get so good at impressions? Uh, I I don't know. They've always been fun though. Let me hear your um, Bill Gates again. <laughs> so I had an 8080 processor, chipset processor, and uh, with 16 kilobytes of RAM, and I had to work out how I could get an OS to run on there and then leave enough space for my users to run their programs. <laughs> Did you see where he tried to jump over a chair? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? There's a video, but you know... Um, <laughs> No, I, I, I shit you not, Ed. No, let me, I've got to get this up. <laughs> it's, it's got... Um, I got an 8080 chipset processor. Here we go. Do you have a chair from a standing position? It depends on the size of the chair. Uh, I'll cheat a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You could jump a chair from a standing position. Depends how big the chair is. <laughs> oh, fuck, what's this? That's what that's the life of Bill Gates right there. <laughs> that's the life of radio yeah. right there, back in the days when uh, it hadn't been surpassed by 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 podcast. Elon. He says he, we're going to go to Mars. And his thing is, I'm just going to let anyone that wants to go, anyone that's brave enough to kill themselves on mission one. Pretty much, right? I think he'd have to have psychiatric tests. Like, imagine being on that shuttle with all these lunatics. I, I, as I say, I don't think they'd be lunatics. If you, if you, if you apply psych, psychiatric testing. All of those people want to be the first person to stand on Mars. Who doesn't? Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, can you imagine the pylon to be that guy? Well, for- All of them thinking up their expression that they're going to say at the other side. <laughs> this is one small step for Elon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what's his name? Armstrong. Um, not Louis Armstrong. I can't get the word Louis Armstrong out of my face. Um, the first man on the moon, Armstrong. Um, Neil Ar- Armstrong. Neil, that's it. So he messed up uh, the quote. Um, you know, the, you know the famous the, the, quote. The sound recordings, uh, it's been mis misquoted, right? Is that right? Or did he just no. completely mess it up? No, no. From the original source, the crackly broadcast from the moon source, he he messed it up. He said, "This is one small step for a man, 
one giant leap for mankind. He should have said one small step for a man. Because by like omitting the A, he's just implied mankind. Like this is one small step for mankind. For like as in for mankind. I think that makes sense. Does it not make sense? One small step. Because he's well, talking no, he's talking about the whole of man. He's he's talk no, he's talk Hmm. I get what you're saying. So he's implying mankind twice. He, yeah, he's he, because he, 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 he it would have be, made more explicit sense had he said one small step for, for a, a single man, i.e., me. Yeah. Yet for all of mankind, it is a giant leap. I think he fucked it up. I think I'm going to stick with that. No, no, no. I think yeah, because he literally said mankind twice. Yeah, and the, much. The, the whole thing that everyone's supposed to think is that. He didn't say mankind twice. And that's actually quite... Yeah, it's strange that... I suppose... But it, he didn't say... Um, one small step for mans. Do you know what I mean? Which would have been the bigger mess up. Agreed. Like man implies singular. Right? Not when... Not, it, not when you're looking at it... Not when it doesn't have an a or an an beforehand. Anyway... Anyway, yeah, Neil Armstrong, Louis Armstrong, the real pioneer. There we go. Cheers. We're probably we're probably messing up names left, right, and centre here. It's probably like that was the worst cheers ever. Uh, let's try let's try again. There we go. Excuse me. Right, next on list, we we, we completely messed up. Oh no, Elon Musk. We've we've got to do him. All right, let's finish him off. Okay, so he's a nutter. Um, he's not a nutter, but you're going to have a bunch of nutters going on there. You've got to have psychometric testing, uh, psycho, um, psycho, psycho, I don't I know. I get it. Psychopathic yeah. testing. You've got to have psychopathic that. testing. There's going to be no <laughs> mass murderers on that ship. <laughs> we established this. Uh, and he's going to take them all there. And there will have been people on Mars already for probably at least a year to kind of ensure that it's safe or so. I, d I don't know exactly the... the, the Who are these the people that have already been there for a year? They are the, the extremists. No, oh, the, ex no, the no, first no. people. They're the genuinely the, the, the first, first people. The first people that bundled through the door to be the first guy to they're, have a they're, they're like the SpaceX mm, missionaries prepared to set it up. Um, What's the bet that the first people that land on Mars take a selfie? That is amazing. Ah, oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. No. What's the bet that they... Oh, God, I hope they don't. Especially because Elon Musk is born South African. I really hope they don't plant an American fucking flag in the soil, particularly post-Trump, because that will just rile me. It really will annoy me. I, I hate the idea that there is an American flag in the moon. I don't like the idea... I mean, I get it, but I don't like borders in general. I completely agree. Like, the fact that I popped out of Arbitrary. a vagina. Yes, exactly. In the UK. I, I don't normally yes that, but... Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I can't, I can't... Who the fuck is the boss? Like, for, we basically all buy into this, the, the idea that there's this government that says, you can't go here. And that is mental. The fact that in in some respects, you know what I mean? Like you're born on this planet, 
no. arbitrarily, like you weren't destined to be born in one country or another or to a particular parents or into a particular religion or, yeah, like, or creed or, base, or like the, family of politics. The or biggest, the biggest determinant as to how you're going to get on in life is what vagina you pop out of in what part of the world. Yeah. Like, your, your race and your nationality. Yeah, like that completely... And is, to a lesser extent, your gender. Yeah. But that is the biggest factor by a country mile. Mm. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, like, people claim to feel like they've got freedom. But actually, if you try to go to somewhere else, you can't. And to me, that just makes no sense. Like, I understand there's differences between people in different places, but that's just propagated by the fact that there's these borders that we can't cross. Yeah. Well, take some consolation from the fact that things are getting better. Even though we may have had a bit of a blip over the last year or two, um, yeah, th things, things are basically getting better. Uh, there, there was a time when you didn't step outside your 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 kin, your clan, your tribe, um, and then maybe you had fiefs and local lords, and then maybe you had kingdoms, and then maybe you have the modern state, and then you have like the super state, something like the EU, and then maybe one day you will have something where you don't really have any limits on the f movement of people. Um, and, it... and, pe and people would argue that carnage is going to happen then, right? Because people from less well-off countries will just bombard countries that have wealth. Well, we're kind of going through that carnage right now. Um, you can call it carnage if you want, but that's one of the reasons that we see the backlash um, and that we see Brexit and Auburn in Hungary um, and Marine Le Pen in France and Trump in America rising is because there is this carnage and because people in traditional I'm very comfy demographics, i.e. white people, are feeling the pinch. And so, yeah. Yeah, and I just think, like, if I was them, I'd be knocking on the doors as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> help me out here. Yeah. It's just strange, though, that how... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I am white and I'm trying to work out exactly what separates me from, um, let's say, some of my family who I know voted Brexit. I'm, I'm trying to work out what, I mean, other than age. Do you, do you, do you want me to, people, I, I am on this app or I used to use this app called Anchor. I was trying to get on it early. It's like a, it's like an audio version of Twitter for those that don't know. And... Mm. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah, you get two minutes to spiel your mind. Oh, I'd rather it was 14 seconds. Oh, wow. That would be intense. But that is 140 seconds. Well, it was 120, but yeah. okay, okay. So there you go. Right. right. And I pose this hypothetical, which was, I don't think that a lot of people in the UK, when they voted for Brexit, understood really any of the implications of what would... Sorry, God, burps. Go for it. Oh, don't drink Coke. I never drink Coke. Coke gives you diabetes and is bad for you. 
Yeah, but they've got Christmas trucks uh, at Spitalfields uh, Market pedestrian thing. Just trying it to, makes they, you happy. They invented They're just Christmas trying to trick man. you. They're just trying they didn't invent the Christmas man. No, I said they invented Christmas, comma, man. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. They did. They basically did. This is the power of Brett. This is the power of what you work in. I know. I hate it. It's mental. Or at least reverse it and do some good stuff. Anyway, I've done ads for Coke. I've done many ads for Coke. We've got an ad for Coke up on the wall upstairs. Don't fucking that. buy Coke. It's awful. Please don't buy Coke. Anyway, makes you burp. Views are my own. Yeah, there you go. Don't sue me. <laughs> Please, I haven't got anything to give. <laughs> anyway, going back to the yeah, my my theory regarding Brexit. I wish that they'd asked three simple questions that anyone that understood the implications of Brexit would understand. And that if you couldn't answer those three questions, you couldn't uh like your vote would be void. And before everyone goes mental. I would definitely fail those questions. Right, what are they? Hit me. This is what I mean. I don't know anything about politics. I am so wet behind the ears when it comes to politics Hmm. that why would you put the fate of a nation in my hands? What Uh, a dumb thing to do. Agreed. I've been thoroughly anti-referendum ever since it was announced. Do you know what I mean? So I wish they'd gone, right, what would happen to the trade agreements if blah, blah, blah happened? And a multiple choice answer with four answers. And if you got three of them wrong out of the five questions or whatever, all of a sudden you don't, unfortunately, you don't know enough about the global, uh, you know, powers that be, whatever, and how they operate, that therefore you, you shouldn't be... And I put this into other contexts, right? So let's so, so people get mad because it's like your power as an individual, right? If you don't have the power to vote, you don't have anything. But put it into like business context. You don't all of a sudden, if I'm a designer, right, and I design logos, hmm. I don't get a novice to come and give me his idea. Yeah. yeah. Do you know agreed, what I mean? Like, agreed. It, it's, it's, it's like if, like, should Concord have a tail wing? It's not something you put to a referendum. It's something that you ask, you, ha- you have a consultation with, with engineers. But when it comes to a decision like Brexit, it, and if you agree with the theory of democracy, then the concept rather, then, um, then you, you, you probably should take into account what people feel. Whether it's in a referendum or not is another question, and I don't know exactly the right answer to that. But... People, whether they thought it was going to be good for their bank balances or not, they may have wanted to leave the EU for identity reasons. And who are we to argue with them? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So what you mean, like outside of the context of just like business, it could just be. Yeah, exactly. So I don't care if these massive multinationals leave this country. That's just one aspect of it. You know, you're talking about the un, the stuff you can't see, theoretically. Yeah, exactly. The the emotional stuff, however irrational it is, the emotional stuff which is given currency by the fact that we're a democracy. Yeah. Unfortunately. And see, that I'm spilling this stuff, saying, coming up with my novice solution, and I don't know anything. Like, 
who knows that what I'm saying could just be mental and I'd be the first to admit that. Yeah. Well, that's like, cause, cause you know, you could say, well, who are the people that understand it really? There are probably people that are well-educated or all of a sudden those people are in a certain like minority and therefore you're just going to completely disregard the masses. So maybe then the answer would be to pull people from all different socioeconomic groups and say X number of people. I don't know. I just don't think that the answer that we had when it's kind of like the U S election, when you see the Trump supporters and they ask them why, right. And they just come up with these ludicrous reasons as to why they're voting for Trump. But then who am I to suggest that they're ludicrous? It, it kind of goes back to your, um, your borders question. As far as I'm concerned, I'm kind of tempted to, to crack open another beer at this point because I'm at the end of my Stella. Do it, come on. <clears throat> Just before we get on to, to borders, um, because when we get on to borders and why is my opinion right and I was born out of an arbitrary vagina, we're going to get onto something bigger. Right, and okay. Bolder, I've say. yet to receive hate mail, Ed. We can see about that. Yeah, I'm sure we'll rectify that by the end of this. How many listeners do you reckon you've got? Depends per episode. It's, uh, it's such a poor... How, how do you track it? Probably probably millions like... for anyone who's listening. <laughs> so please give me lots of respect over the, over the interwebs. <laughs> I've got such a minuscule audience that it's unbelievable. But how do you know? I mean, do you, do you put this into the app, like an official platform? And who give you stats on... Yeah, yeah. On so, so for example, I upload on SoundCloud... And a good episode at the moment is getting like just over 200 listens. That's pretty good. No. Well, it's good in respect to if there was 200 people in a room and I was talking to them, yeah. I'd be pretty, pretty nervous. But when I give a, when I chat with someone in a podcast, I'm, I'm fine. But when you compare it when to... When you've got a drink in your head. Yeah. No, but not even when I've got a drink. Like, nervous wreck. Right? Yeah. But no, genuinely... Normally, I'm not drunk when I'm giving podcasts, and it's fine, and it's and it's good when 200 people listen to it. And hopefully, I'm only drunk when doing podcasts. Right there, you go, because this is this is the first for you. I think you're a natural. <laughs> anyway, the plan is, well, podcasts in general, the good ones get a ton of views, like hundred thousand plus. What I've learned is, for any any aspiring podcasters out there who are like, how do I start a podcast? Because they talk like that, yeah. apparently. Um, the trick is to... You've got to do three or four episodes before you launch your podcast and make sure they're really, really good. Right. And Be- then have them queued up. Have them queued up. And then when you launch, you appear on New and Noteworthy. Mm. And you only appear on New and Noteworthy for a few days. And when I launched, I launched with the shittest episodes you've ever heard in your entire... No, no, no actually, that's a complete lie. The second person I had on was a chap called Reese Chapman, who is doing a film called Wonder Kid about a gay footballer. And we went in depth about like meditation and spirituality and stuff, which that was a great episode. episode I didn't hear that. It's a really, really good episode, actually. Sound, sound quality wise, like I think that makes a massive difference. Do you know what I mean? Mm. When I listen to a podcast and the audio is awful, I instantly get turned off by it a little yep. bit. Yeah. Because there's an abundance of good shows. So why would I listen to anything that's subpar? 
And so it's taken me up till now, which is, I think this is probably going to be the 16th, 17th episode. Still very early on. But to to get, like, these are fairly decent mics. I've got a good sound recorder now. I've got a good editor on board. There's still some creases to iron out. There's a lot of hissing in my headphones right now, which... At least the music downstairs has stopped. Yeah, so if you could hear music earlier, it wasn't ours. It's the coffee shop downstairs. Plus, we're also in a room which has got wood flooring, and it's a very tiny room, so there's probably a lot of echo. It's probably horrendous audio. <laughs> How much is your uh, your whole kit minus your laptop? Minus my laptop, it was exp- it was four hundred pounds or so. Hmm. Like I've not made a single penny, and I I spend twenty pounds an episode getting it edited, and then it takes me hours to upload the show notes. It's it's a massive sunk cost, but the um. I look at it as I really enjoy doing them. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's a passion project. There's a long-term gain in that I get to meet people and it's an excuse for me to chat to anyone that I find interesting. Many thanks. Yeah, no worries. And um, the other thing is is that I actually think there's a bunch of people that are really undervalued in society in general. Basically, people tend to look to people that have got like massive audiences and... and, and Hmm. worship them and if you actually look into it there's there's been like something which has catapulted the 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 support and prior to that point they there, there was no support hmm. and i think there's lots of talented people that deserve time to have their voice heard and to speak and stuff and i i'm definitely on the the thing of i want to speak to people that have got a big audience that can help me garner more of an audience but i'm also wanting to talk to people that I just think are genuinely interesting and that who I think deserve to talk. I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a worshiper of stars. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Like how many Twitter followers do you have, Ed? <laughs> 40. That's particularly low. <laughs> how many social, uh, how many Twitter followers do you have? I've got like 600 and I don't know diddly squat on there. Have you really? 500, 600. How many like. of them are robots? Probably all of them. In that case, I might have more than you. Yeah, it's true. I could boost mine to 600 tomorrow. Yeah. For I a probably, fiver. Probably will. No, no, no. I'm j- the, the, the point, the point um, is, you're, you're a smart dude and you've got interesting opinions and I think you teach me things. And so I want to talk to people like that. Do you know what I mean? We're doing a drunk cast because me and you like to just chat about random shit. Indeed. But 99% of my episodes, what I'm actually trying to do is like pull out 15 years of experience out of this person and, mm, and summarize mm, it yeah. in an hour that people can then digest. That was so we've probably just finished covering one of the items I really wanted to cover, which was just to ask you about your podcast. Because I just find it quite interesting for, for every... For every person who uh, records a podcast, they're going to be over. It's uh, they're going to be about a hundred podcast listeners who don't record their own podcasts. <clears throat> so, um, and yeah. I'm one of them, and, yeah. and I was interested in that. Well, look, I, I started off with a forty-pound USB microphone, and what it was, I could tell. yeah, I know, right. Well, I was upstairs, I was in the office, I was at work, and, and I all I do is bang on about how much I learned from podcasts. 
got so many favourites, um, which I'll, I'll include in the show notes. There you go. So if you're really into what I'm into, then feel free to go and check that out. But my boss said, why don't you just do your own podcast? Like, you know, throwaway comment, basically. And, and it's always been on my list of things to do. And I was like, do you know what? I've just got to pull my finger out. So I just recorded this That's awesome. first episode. And you learn along the way. Mm. Mm. And not that there's much to learn about. It's basically having a conversation with interesting people, right? And if for anyone that's thinking about it, it's just the best thing ever because it's an excuse to talk to your heroes, to the people that you really like, or the, the things you want to find out about. If I want to find out about anything now moving forward, I just email someone and instead of asking for their time, for, for zero for them, I say, would you like to come on my podcast? And what that does is, is it changes the conversation because it yeah. says, I've got something to offer you. Yeah. Would you like to come and talk on it? What's the response rate? Virtually every, like I've not emailed like, you know, big, big, big names at the moment. I've been emailing, right, the first, the, the trajectory for me was the first 10 episodes was to iron out the creases with regards yep. to recording. So I've got new equipment. I've worked out the kind of questions I like to ask. Um, I started off with a blank kind of template, which is if anyone listens to the first few episodes, it's just template questions. And what I've realized is, is that actually it's just my inquisitiveness on the, the stuff that I want to ask. that's more interesting. But oftentimes when you email a guest, they want to know what kind of questions you're going to ask. So you send them the PDF anyway that shows them the template questions and then you just take up 75% of the interview with your own questions <laughs> and tail off with those questions. Hmm. And those questions tend to be around resources and things that people can use because that gives people stuff that, oh, wow, I didn't know about that website that you could use that's really, really beneficial, you know. So they're the, they're the template questions. But most of it is just, what do you think about this? Or, you know, what can you... And I, I just find that you can sum up careers in an hour. How would you sum up your career? No, I'm not going to say no, that. I can sum up my career in f- five minutes. Sum it up in... One. Yeah. Yeah? All right. Yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it. So, if someone wants to be successful in the design industry, the first thing I... I, I split it up into three categories... One minute, remember. One minute, okay, right. So, let's let, before I before I go into this, then we've got to set a goal. So, assuming that the goal is financial, uh, not financial freedom, creative freedom, right? Happy with that? Mm-hmm. Here we go. So, the first thing you have to do is you have to go and work for some reputable companies with some people that really know what they're talking about. So, you go and work at those businesses. How do you do that? You go and get you bust your ass. You send a lot of emails, you get in through the door. You then work for a couple of years, you build up your credibility in a given space. Once you've done that, that's what I consider your credibility builders. So, for example, in my perspective, I've got a good enough portfolio that I could work at most places now within the design and advertising industry. So what was the big company you went to work for? Widener Kennedy, AKQA. I did some freelance for Ogilvy. Are these blue chips? These are massive advertising agencies as far as... Saatchi and Saatchi types. Saatchi and Saatchi, bigger than, well, as good as Saatchi and Saatchi. Right, Saatchi and right. Saatchi was a slightly older agency. I'm not in ads. Yeah, yeah, there know. you go. So there's that section. Then you've got what I consider to be your um, product ecosystem, which is where you productize your 
your expertise. So at the moment, I sell my ideas. Clients come to me, I give them ideas, I sell those ideas. What I now do is I sell the means to those ideas. So I create creative workshops. I teach people how to come up with ideas. So that's productizing my offering. So all of a sudden, I go from charging £400 a day for Mm. my creative output to charging £120 per person to learn how I do my creative output. Obviously, I can teach 30 people. So I I earn £3,600 a day or whatever the sum is. I'm drunk. For one day. For one day. But what that does is all of a sudden, if if you're... Is it one day a year? Two days a year? Well, there's a little bit of prep work. But once you've done the prep work, you can repeat the process. Yeah. So you're productizing it because you're turning it into a repeatable thing. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I, assuming I could earn three thousand six hundred, there's 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 things sure there. All sorts of costs. You've got costs. You've got the marketing to get people of in. Of course, of course. You've got overheads. You've got blah blah blah. But right, let's make it three thousand. Yeah. So let's say I earn thirty thousand a year, which I earn more than that. But let's assume it is thirty thousand. Mm. That means you've got to do ten of these a year. Now, assuming they take two three days that's maybe a month out of the year as opposed to 12 months mm-hmm. and you earn that 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 sum so all of a sudden now you've earned your you've earned a, a salary that you can sustain yourself on comfortably within a short period of time and then the third step i consider passive projects which is things that you create that people want that don't require much much upkeep so i work on a number of projects the first thing that i did was i did a typeface at university I charge 10 to 30 pounds on whether it's personal use or commercial use. And I make around 50, 60 pounds a month on that. And I do nothing. That's just online and people buy it. Now, well, you just made that. And then people just buy it. So that's a, like a, a constant, re- Con- constant stream of reoccurring income that I do zero to, to. Because you made a font. Because I made a font that people like. And that gives you how much? I've earned, well, I don't touch that money and I've earned like 2000 Over how long? A couple of years, which isn't a lot of money. So 24 months. Yeah. Call it 20 months. 2000 which, so it's 100 pounds a month. Which is not a lot of money, don't well, get 80, me wrong. 80 pounds. But like assuming that you, imagine if you, as in your spare time, instead of like a lot of, sure. a lot of creatives work on projects that um, are like, fun projects that they like yeah but imagine if you as part of your due diligence for what kind of projects you were going to undertake you you made sure that those projects were projects that could earn you money without your attention then all of a sudden over a lifetime you can accumulate enough money to financially sustain yourself now i'm designing another type like i've designed several typefaces and i've got other ideas that fall into that category I thought it was just the one. How many was it that gives you? So, let's say, so, 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 so th- this is this is the the crux of this. You need to have a delivery method. Now, when I created this typeface, it's pause, called, drink. Getting way too into this. So, when I created this typeface, I had a delivery method because I was very, very early on a platform called Behance. Now, loads of people are way more popular on Behance now than me because I don't put any effort into it. But when I first started and I created this typeface, a lot of people liked it, which basically meant that there was a lot of eyeball, eyeballs getting to that content. 
So this is true of anything, right? It's why celebrities are rich and why we're not. It's because there's a lot of eyeballs on them. So if I create a T-shirt that's really cool, it doesn't mm. sell much. Mm. But if Jay-Z does, it sells a fuck ton, right? So the whole game is how do you drive traffic to whatever your products are? And so I got very, very fortunate with this typeface. But then what you need to work out as a crit and bear in mind this is all around finance this everything i've just talked about is financially driven but the ultimate goal here is that you assuming this is your career in one minute right yeah yeah that's gone on for like 10 but anyway the point is is that assuming that your it's not your goal to earn x amount but you have a, you have a figure that allows you to live a basic universal i need this to live yes absolutely fine yeah i've got i've got food while having creative freedom i've got food i've got um a roof over my head i don't live like i live nicely i get to do nice things now and then without living in like you know crazy lifestyle but now all of a sudden i've got the time and then what happens is when you're at that point in time all of a sudden you can you can give projects much more time than anyone else can. And all that does is propagate your your success in a field. Mm. So Ridley Scott doesn't need to worry about doing a nine-to-five job to create Avatar. Is it Ridley Scott that did Avatar, as I yeah, say that? I think so. Yeah. Or Tarantino doesn't need to worry about going to his nine-to-five every day to create his next, like you know, blockbuster film. And so for a lot of people out there who, because they look to these people and they say like, when's my time going to be when I become the superstar? And like, it's not going to happen for a lot of people. And that's just the truth. And so, but there is a way of, of systematically getting yourself to a position where you can distribute more time to those passion projects. And then hopefully you can create some of that kind of bigger success for yourself. And, you know, it's a never-ending game, so there's never a point in time in which you're like, I'm satisfied. Yeah. And so, may, 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 like, you know, but for me, what I'd love, what I see most about people and what my whole thing is and what I just put all my energy into is working on how to create that creative freedom because that's what I see that 90% of people in this industry that I'm in want. I like that. I'm also drunk. I'm just going to put out there now. Right. It's taken me a while. It's taken me a while to catch up. But I very much appreciate that somebody doesn't put the onus on financial freedom. But I don't think that's what a lot of people who are going to be successful actually put... Oh, no. that their um, emphasis on 100 percent. like i think the people that actually go on to be successful a lot of them just plow 100 percent of their energy into their craft yeah because they want to be creative they just they just want to be yeah. and as a result of that finance flows elon musk wants <laughs> to be he, he he wants to be absolutely at the forefront of his field pushing humanity forward in various respects like tesla and solar city are now going to merge well tesla's 100%, going to acquire but, that but the fact he that doesn't care about money 
but money flows because he's so fucking good at what he does. But for anyone, like, so this is this is where the myth happens, right? Because we give disproportionate amounts of attention to those individuals that have succeeded doing that, i.e. that they've just had a creative, they've f- flowed creatively and success has come. They are, they are a minuscule percentage. There's so many people that put dis- like all of their attention into their creative work and never ever see results, which are, are the people that I try and talk to because hmm. like that's the space that I consider that I can help people because this, like I look around me and I see so many creative, t- creatively talented people that should or if given the opportunity to just work on their craft would be exceptional. But for some reason, X person or Y person is the one that gets all the attention. And that propagates. So the moment they get attention, the more the barrel rolls for that individual. And so they're they're set, they're good. But what about the person that's equally as talented that doesn't get the attention? Now, but all they care about is putting their energy into their craft, right? So the difference with me is, is that I care about my craft but I also am like strategically minded and I and I am interested in business and marketing and like not not when I say I'm interested in business business and marketing, like I don't I'm not one of these people that will sell you my right arm for profit. Like, do you know what I mean? Like I much I much prefer the craft. But I want to be able to apply the apply those principles to help people that are genuinely craftspeople. Does that make sense? It does. And and all the actions I'm making, including moving out of London at the end of the year, is a means for me to prove the theory. Like, I've got a theory about what helps. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think that... Like, right, like for, for, for me, working nine to five just takes out... Or ten to six, takes out eight hours of the day that I could be putting into other things and I pay a rent overhead, you know? So yep. hopefully within two years of leaving London, I will have achieved the lifestyle that I on paper believe is the lifestyle that many people aspire to. And that will make me qualified enough to really give people advice on it. Because right now I give people advice on it, but I don't necessarily walk the walk. And this is what I was talking about marketers, you know, like I'm, there's not an, well, I get a lot of opportunities come my way and I earn more than most in my position at my age, but I don't travel around the world and have 100% creative freedom over what I do day to day. I still have to do stuff for clients that I don't necessarily agree with. So, fuck, we've gone on a long tangent there. I like it. I like how when I cracked open the beer that I'm holding in my hand, which is nearly at the end of itself... I was about to talk about um, arbitrary vaginal birth and... Let's go into that. And, and, and free movement of people and just, just, just basically being born arbitrarily. How do we get on to that? How do we get on to... You were talking about the free movement of people. You don't believe in borders. I, I think maybe this was about Brexit and Trump and borders and I came out of some random vagina and I was born a particular race and I was born 
um, in a particular country, which gives me a color and a passport. Which, by the way, let's go on another tangent. So while we're there... Oh, I was so about to go off. No, while we're there, like, we are in a position that so many people go, fuck, like, I've won the lottery. I completely agree. Like, um, you know, we're white, we're British, we're male. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so privilege is on our side. And yet, like, we're trying to fight for, for other folk. We're trying to fight for other folk and ourselves. We're try- like we we think we're still aspiring, but a lot of people, and probably most of the world, aspire to the sort of comfort and privilege that we have. All right, back to arbitrary vaginal birth. Right. <laughs> so, um, no, no, Ed, Ed, I'm sorry. We're at one hour and fourteen minutes in. We've been through two of our itinerary of my 10, which means we're okay. moving on. All right. Can I oh, just on, very, very, tell, tell me your very arbitrary quickly. vaginal birth story. All right. Okay. So we were born arbitrarily in a certain, a certain country, uh, in a certain race. There, there, there's no rhyme or rhythm behind it. Um, and it's just completely accidental where you're born. So for anybody to say... I'm proud to be British. Makes no sense. If anyone says I'm proud to be Angolan, it makes no sense. Or Russian, or American, or Chinese. It it just makes no sense because you could just as easily have been born somewhere else. I mean, in the case of the larger countries, less so because they have a larger share of the world's population. You think what they mean is I'm happy to be? Happy is fine. If you're happy to be... I mean, maybe, but I, I, I dare say, like, if you if you just think of the pride thing and the xenophobia oh, no, thing. I, I, I hate, like, nationalism in general. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you would, if you were saying I'm proud to be British, you would not say that had you been born in Russia. And it's a completely arbitrary decision. You might be, because it's just the circumstances. If you were born in Russia, I guarantee you, you would not be saying I'm proud to be British. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 100%. You'd be saying I'm proud to be Russian. If anything. Like, it's it, arbitrary. It's uh, Nationalism and patriotism, is, it's just like religion. Had you been yeah. born to Hindu parents, then I dare say you wouldn't be worshipping Jesus. Ed, 100% behind you on that. Like, it is completely, completely crazy. It's, one of my heroes is Jack Fresco, the guy that come up with the Eden Project which ah. is a resource-based economy, probably closest to, like, communism and Marxism, so a lot of people have bad... Like, you know, the, communism as a theory is good. It's just, in practice, it's really bad. And therefore, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, Jack Fresco, his story was that when he was a kid, he got in trouble because he refused to pledge to the United States flag, and he said, I believe it should be the world. And... I believe in that. Huh. You- I had no idea. I mean, I having spent a lot of time in China, I know that a lot of... I mean, as as disturbing... No, I, I, I'll say it this way. When I'm in China and I see kids pledge allegiance to the Chinese flag, it's disturbing. And then I realize how normalized the idea that American kids in high school 
pledging allegiance to their flag really is. It's just as absurd. It's yeah. all absurd. But you think like if I was Bern, bur- uh, if I was born in Germany during the World War, yeah, you'd probably be fighting for the Nazis. You would be. Like, it's as simple as that. Yeah, you wouldn't go. I don't know. I think. I think uh, the there's US- something inherently wrong with Germans. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Ger- germs originated <laughs> in Germany. Is that true? Uh, according to... Um, Bro science. Oh, God, I can't remember it. I can't remember it. Uh, according to Not the Thick of It, it's something with... Definitely a comedy program. It is very comedy. Right, so... All right, on, on, on we go. Onwards. So, yeah. no, we've got some nice segues here. So we can either go on to the royal family. Oh, yes. Or we can go on to football. Which both have a very <laughs> tribalistic. Well, mate, you know, I mean, you know, the, he's gone out there age thirteen on his debut, and he's done good. You know, you know, at the end of the day, you can't give what you ain't got, and you can't get what you ain't been given. So you just got to stand up, take your hat off, salute him, put your hat back on, and sit back down again. You know, he's done good yet. Yeah. Ryan, what what do what do people have to search on YouTube to see you do that? I haven't even watched this yet. The news, news spelt N I E W S. Right, there we go. <laughs> the news first episode, I think. And so I, so I, we we decided we decided football f- manager every football manager ever. Yeah. Yeah. We've decided ever. football. That's the that's the tangent we've gone down. Oh, I thought we just finished football because no. I, I I can't say anything else about football. I'll, I've got an opinion on football, and I'm looking oh, forward man. to everyone hating on me for this. All right, do it. It's basically twenty two men <laughs> kicking around a leather balloon. Oh, yeah, and all these people that are worshipped. I thought you were going to talk it like in a rowing sense, like no, twenty two no, no. men, like like facing backwards. In Jodhpur's rowing backwards down a river. I mean, pretty much the same. But what I'm saying is, is if you take away the bravado mm. of these these situations, what it is is a bunch of grown men kicking a leather balloon, <laughs> trying to hit it into a net, and then when it's all finished, yay, they all start again, <laughs> and there's no there's no end. <laughs> There's no end, Ed. Just keeps going. And you want you want to kill. You you look at the opposition team. You go, you fuck him. It's actually you great. fucking prick. I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> and then an England game comes along, and you're best mates. It's amazing. Oh, I mean, my... I used to think that like football was really aggressive and hooligany, and I had just I just I just didn't appreciate it whatsoever. But actually, when you say about it, like. Settling conflict via friendly games of leather balloons. It's not that bad. <laughs> no, yeah, but if, if there was something on the line, if it was like, uh, what are we going to do? Right, well, instead of punching each other's face out, we're going to kick this leather balloon around. <laughs> and then whoever wins the leather balloon bout, that's you're, the decision. You're allowed uh, 10 players. People, ten people, and you can all try. Which is why is it ten? There's definitely eleven players, including the goalie. Yeah. So I'm speaking as a fellow footballer, buller, right? Because I, because I, I know the lingo. 
Oh no, the lingo, I don't know. Anyway, so you're allowed like like eleven players in total, you know, and you just gotta go about it and giving your you at the end of the day you just gotta look at it and say, I can only give hundred and ten percent. There you go. <laughs> the end of their career they're like uh, I don't know what 35 and they go yep for the last 10 years <laughs> I kicked a leather balloon in the net what have you done with your life wouldn't it be better just kicking a, bal- a, a leather balloon in your local area and making the world a better place <laughs> rather than <laughs> rather than pushing your skills on everyone else I don't know. Right, well, the other one, the royal family. Royal family. So, when you say royal family, are you talking about their reason I'm, to be? I'm talking about the fact that we celebrate this 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 group of individuals right. that basically exist because we pillaged a bunch of other countries and therefore have this thing. And like the fact that talking about popping out popping out of arbitrary vaginas Mm, you pop out you pop out of this arbitrary vagina and all of a sudden people need to worship you like a god like we like there's plenty of people in our country that don't that are atheist but still appreciate the royal family absolutely mental like celebrities are mental but being a celebrity for doing di- for for nothing is even more mental, especially when you're sleeping with that chick out of uh, what's the face? God, she's hot. Yeah, Kim Kardashian has Kim actually Kardashian. slept with someone. Like I wasn't uh, on about Kim Kardashian. I was on about the chick out. Suits. I know. I'm kind of embracing my absolutely no knowledge of celebrities. Right, yeah, yeah. Identity here. She at least she slept with. Like somebody, and you know, she's got a bit of PR modicum behind her. Like she, she at least vaguely did something. Britney Spears, as as worthless as she is to like serious cultural debate, like she at least came from nothing and made herself into something. Oh, yeah, it I, is meritocratic that man. Britney Spears is 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 the name that I'm saying right now. She's done something, rather than being on the tips of our tongues right now because they were simply born. My, my, my anti-royal family gumption comes from basically, well, I mean, they're just an arbitrary bunch of people. They're just arbitrary. And the idea that we can have an inspirational, responsible bunch of people that we can be genuinely proud of without a ginormous PR team behind them, backing them up and getting them out of any trouble that they get themselves into. Um, I think it's highly unlikely that we could have that, that those people as head of state. um, If, if, if we take them at random from our population and that's exactly what the Royal family is. They are just people who are head of state randomly utterly randomly like you might well appreciate they're not the random ed that they pillaged some countries once upon a time their family their family did no 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 they were born into the, these positions of power which they randomly. then and then which they then ran with yeah to pillage 
Yeah. Um, you know, as as noble and as lovely and as warming they may feel to you, go back 100, 200, 300, 400 years, and th- I guarantee you, you would not be in favor of them. They were really not ugly. If we were, not if we were now. Ugly people. Yeah. Yeah. If, 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 if you took yourself 500 years back, you would be thoroughly Republican because you would not like the idea of this arbitrary um, bunch of people controlling a vast amount of resources. Now, people say today, oh, well, they're harmless. They're harmless. But I, I just can't reconcile that with the idea of fighting poverty. Even if they are harmless... I just don't think they deserve X amount of hours on national TV every year, even if that's the little that they get. Although I say that, and then you talk about Kim Kardashian and all that kind of stuff. They did do stuff. Seriously, at least Kim Kardashian has done something. At least she took a D in return for public attention. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Mm. at least she, 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 she has some level of merit behind her I mean, not the many royal, people can take that, that kind of have nothing except girth for, and length except for maybe kim kardashian oh i was thinking of Catherine. um what's her name no uh, she's just the duchess of whatever now all right what's her name Catherine. fuck my mind. uh kate K- sorry kate middleton kate that's it Catherine middleton kate middleton right it's really awkward because my sister's called Catherine, so i'm just but is that short for Kate? Is it, uh, long for Kate? Long for Kate. Exactly. For Kate. Exactly. Um, so, so, so Kate Middleton arguably has, in the same way as Kim Kardashian has, in quotes, like done something. But I mean, all she's done is Prince William, and that's not very impressive. Um, and she got a fantastic bum head. Yeah, you're probably right, but you probably had too much Disarano. No, no, I mean, no. I'm, I mean, I'm being completely sarcastic. I mean, she she's is done a, fuck all. She, 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 she's delightful, of course, but she was known at her school as um, she and her sister Philippa were known as the Wisteria Sisters, social climbers. Um, and I have. Oh, did man. you go to the same school? No, we didn't. Um, <laughs> she she like pre-wedding she sounded X and now she does not sound X she's clearly had elocution lessons or if she hasn't had elocution lessons more embarrassingly she's just simply changed the way that she speaks because she's now like a cut above she sounds so clipped and cut and just so absurd but like, you know, absolutely ever since i started my work i mean she's desperate to be queen like these people are just unaccountable powerful like people say they don't have power yeah, they yeah. do have power they can they can train the world's attention on any issue they want like right. that okay now before we go judging do we not do the same to some degree like, I'll give myself as an example, right? I am from, well, my, my dad's from Manchester. My mom's from the West Midlands. They moved, they met in, on holiday in North Devon. And when I came to London, I was, I believe, far less, um, I was certainly not, not, not I don't want to say smart, but I, I wasn't. As in, worldly? 
as worldly, as intellectually driven as I am now, to understand more. I consciously make an effort to improve my vocabulary now because I realize that that's going to help me to uh, put across the kind of points I want to make. Right. Maybe she's just done that, but way better. Who? Kate Middleton. Maybe. maybe, maybe she, she, she went to private school. She went to one of the best private schools in the country. Yeah. So my point is, is that if I was Kate Middleton, maybe I might have done the same. Slept with Prince William. Maybe. So you're saying... Would you have not? Ricky Richards represents would have slept with (laughs) Prince William. You get my point. If I was a lady, if I was Kate Middleton... Right. And I had the opportunity to jump up the social ladder... Okay. In the same way that we all try and aspire to do better things than necessarily we start off at. Would we not have done the same? Perhaps. But you don't need to change the way you speak. Yeah. Or and maybe- she, she, like, by objective measures. You said yourself, I have a talent for um, impressions and accents. It's, it's been with me forever. And I, 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 I can tell when somebody's done it. Yeah, yeah. And she has done it to a T. She really wants this. But I don't care whether she really wants this. That's it. Like she shouldn't have the, she, she shouldn't be able to become my head of state. I don't care if she's ambitious. It's, it's neither here nor there to me. I mean, she's ambitious as, as I am. But I mean, she shouldn't be queen she shouldn't have this sort of unwarranted power so the world works currently on who you know right can we agree on that to some degree to some degree yes so i'd say that living in devon knowing nobody i would have very little prospects since coming to london and working here for five years i could make a couple of phone calls and have pretty consistent work for the next couple of years and therefore be in a better financial state so, where does that leave us in terms of, like, what, what is the fact that... Like, there's films, isn't there, where there's, pe- like, uh, people play up uh, into different social spheres. Is that a warrant? Like, it kind of suggests that that is one of the most valuable human characteristics you can have, that you can basically play up. Be, be social be socially intelligent socially adept like you can be socially intelligent amongst your own social sphere right but like to be able to like you say it's acting right it's fake it till you make it on a different level yeah that's fine i'm fine if you want to better yourself but you can't be my official head of state that's where i disagree with you because that's, uh, a f- uh, that, that, that's something that is formally entrenched. I don't have a point. Law. I'm just trying to work it out. <laughs> it's, it's absurd. It's absolutely bizarre. Um, I mean, these, these, these people have... I can find for, for Christmas Day message uh, at 3 p.m. that the Queen normally gives, I can find you thousands of people who are her age yet better qualified to give a decent Christmas Day message. Okay. Moving on? 
moving on. We just rinse the royal family for a good. <laughs> I'm so glad you're anti-royal family. I, oh man, I... I think we're I think we're on a relatively same page. I'm we're very po- we're very po- happy we're, about we're that. probably in a in a niche. Atheist, Republican. Don't like football. You don't like football. I like football. Oh. I do like football, but I do think I do kind of I, I half feel sorry for these guys. Going back to football, I don't want to go back to football, but like they earn a fuck ton of money. They sleep with some very attractive women. They do their thing. They live sport. They have a camaraderie among their teammates. Right. I think there'll come a point in their kind of mid-20s when they understand, well, when they come to a realisation that what they do is relatively arbitrary. I I need need to go to the top. Me too, man. Me too. Should we, do you want to go upstairs or downstairs? All right, I'll go up. You go down. Let's stop it, and we can restart. Have you got Have you got decent uh, agendas? Because I feel that we really nailed it on the royal family. Like I can't imagine anyone like really going against. Well, I can because if I'm honest, I'm the only person here out of one, two, three. Speak to my head. Are we recording? No. We are recording. <laughs> this, this, hey. I'm the only person really yeah. out of here, like who genuinely is. If if I'm completely honest on the royal family question, I am. It's basically the only political issue that I take strongly, and I find it ironic that you even raised it. I don't think you raised it as a result of me having said anything. It's just I, I've I've been angry about the royal family for years. Like, just the fact that I try and think about what's arbitrary. Like, you know, I read, I consider my life arbitrary. Now, a lot of people would never hold that position. So, in many respects, that gives me freedom. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's liberating. To realise how insignificant you are. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And and that makes you question, like, what's really important? And certainly the royal family and where they came from and how... Utterly human And especially when you, you work in an industry where you try and propagate attention. And exactly. Everything exactly. you like, oh, these people get attention purely for being. And also they have probably a vast team of strategists behind them uh, and tacticians trying desperately to get as much attention as they possibly can in the right light, positioning themselves as well as possible. Which, by the way, if the Royal Family's listening, if you've got a role for me, I'm happy to jump up the social ladder. Quite good. <laughs> <laughs> I literally think that that's how people would, like, you know... We'll be back for a quick commercial break. <laughs> yeah. On the Royal Family <laughs> Christmas Beach. On that bombshell. <laughs> Rick and Ed. <laughs> Rick and Ed wrote... The, uh, how amazing would it be to write the Christmas speech? That would be incredible. We, Any, maybe we could do an alternative one. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Like, yeah, no, like, we're going to do that. Is the, is the, uh, the Royal Family are the only political issue that I genuinely take seriously. I, I would say I wasn't super pro-Remain 
in the referendum. I was anti-referendum, but I wasn't super pro-Remain. I was just like, well, I might as well remain, which makes me conservative, which makes me like, well, fuck I, it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything out there. So basically I'm remain. I'm going to tell you why I wanted to remain. And this is under the understanding that I don't know fuck all. Right. About politics you or anything. You do know fuck all. I try to, I try to, but I assume I don't. So, the reason I voted Remain is because we came together as a as a as a group post World War on yep. the on the basis that as long as we're a group that all believe and work under the same ruling to some degree, we won't fight one another. Right. So instantly, as soon as you become independent of that, you become a victim, not victim, a target of potentially being attacked because no one else feasibly needs to protect you number one the other thing was and this is maybe a very very misguided outlook on it yeah but when it comes to people from other cultures i am like other people in that i don't necessarily agree with the beliefs of all other cultures there's certain cultures that don't assimilate as well as others i understand that but in the same way that i don't believe it works when you send a criminal to prison Mm -hmm. in the hopes that they will reform their behavior when they're in amongst a bunch of other people that are also criminals who have other ideas about how to propagate criminal behavior i don't think it makes sense to segregate people and assume that their beliefs are going to change. So I assume that the the best way... And this is the other thing. A lot of people believe that a global... That it's good for everyone to have their own identity. Which I believe to some degree. But I actually believe that... Imagine there was a global language. Which is a good thing. I believe it's a good thing. Jack Fresco talks about the fact that... Jack Fresco is, remind me? He's the futurist that come up with the Eden Project. That's it. But he talks about the fact that um, engineering is a global language, that if you... Science is a global language, yes. Yeah, and like, say, for example, you want to build a structure, you could send that same schematic from the UK to someone else in another part of the world and they understand it. There's no such thing as UK science, as Chinese science, as Russian science. It's all the same unified language. Exactly. And so, assuming that you have... Imagine you had a global language. Now, all of a sudden, all these cultures that seem very different have a means of understanding one another. Yes. So now, even if people's beliefs are very different, you can get each other. Yes. And... You, when you get each other, you're more likely to live with each other peacefully. At least if you can understand where they come from, even if you disagree with it. There's plenty of people I disagree with their opinions, but I understand what they're saying. So we can have a conversation about it. Which is why I love things like, Sam, like for example, Sam Harris, who's a, a notable neuroscientist. He recently released a thing where he read the English version of ISIS's, um, like... Uh, magazine that they use to propagate and and bring people to their religion when you listen to that conversation you actually understand that what they're saying to a lot of like to to, in a lot of respects makes like it's a it's a it's a valuable argument you're like wow like that makes a lot of sense 
um, a lot of the things that they believe in, like the the fact that consumerism is a bad thing and that leads you down a path of yeah. ego, I also believe in. But that doesn't mean I'm going to go kill people, kill people, or in with the hope that I'm going to live another life or whatever. But had I not listened to that conversation in English, I would never have understood. And so, a lot of people dislike that idea that you have like a a, a thing that connects one another, and hopefully, like language being the ideal, because they feel like they lose identity. But then I believe that even within like a society, say like the UK, you just look around you like Birmingham is so different from Manchester, that's so different from London. That's And even in London, you've got East London, West London, North London. And it's, yes, it's, it's money, but it's also beliefs. It's also subcultures. It's also so many things that, that segregate people. I don't, it, segregate's the wrong word. That differentiate differentiate that distinguish people as individuals regardless of the fact that they share the english language english it could be any language i mean english tends to be yeah. the most widely spoken but i wouldn't be in favor of the fact that it was another language that became the world language you know what i mean it's just something that connects all of us so that we can all understand each other that's i hope that happens one day what do you think ed God, monologues. As I say, there's no such thing as UK science, Russian science, Chinese science, old science, new science, left-wing science, right-wing science, interesting science, boring science. There is just... It's either science or it's not. And when you have a, I, I think of science as a universal language. And the, the, the closer humanity gets to a single universal way of thinking, which is rational and logical, the sooner we're going to have unlogical. And what? Unlogical, you just said, right? Oh, sorry. I said and logical. Oh, and logical. Or sorry. at least I, th I, I think I did. Apologize. Rational and logical. As soon as we have that sort of language in the world, then there is no room for misunderstanding. And therefore we can have world peace. And we, can <laughs> we, 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 we can understand each other. And that's why, ultimately, I'm, I'm, I'm basically against all of these arbitrary things I, like I religion. Ne I don't necessarily think you'll have world peace, but I just think you'll understand where people's perspectives come from. Because I think people... No, no, no. If you have rationality and, lo and, and logical argument ruling everybody, if you, if, if you had that, if everybody truly understood each other and if everybody was on the same unemotional page... Then you would have peace. I don't, I don't. I disagree. Because I think that there's actually plenty of rational arguments that you can come at many subjects with. I'm trying to think of an example, but I will not be able to, especially how much we've had. But the point is that the point there's there's plenty of ways, right? So say, I tell you, I'll give you an example. Say veganism. Yeah. So there's a rational argument to say that. Cows release more yep, climate change. Climate change. 
There's also an argument to say that actually animals are relatively arbitrary. That actually, what do animals really do? They're basically... Sigmund Freud, in one of his early writings, the psychoanalyst... God, that's probably very wrong. Psychotherapist, psycho, whatever. He, In one of his arguments, he talks about this idea that animals are relatively... Not all animals, some of them benefit us hugely. Don't get me wrong. But there's plenty of animals that have died and we wouldn't... that are extinct and we don't know any different. Yep. For the most part, animals are just there. Do you know what I mean? And they don't... I love animals, don't get me wrong. But, like, there's... And I'm not very good at rationalising the other argument because all I care, <laughs> I care about animals too much. Even though the fact I'm a meat eater. But anyway, the point is, is that you... I'm c- not. You're not. You're a vegetarian. I'm a flexitarian. Right, okay. The point is, is that there's some subjects, veganism, vegetarianism might be uh, a really, really arbitrary yeah. subject. But the point is, is that you c- there are subjects that you can rationalise from many different opinions. I don't necessarily think that you'd come up with the truth. And actually, I have a beef with science. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. How else are you going to come up with the truth unless it's done, unless unless you're able, or everyone at the table is able to have a rational and what, logical what, what, discussion what you, what with each de- other? What do you fi- define as truth? Let, let, let me... S- some, something which uh, uh, doesn't... Um, Damn, what's that? Well, uh, it doesn't contradict itself. I'm not smart enough to disagree with you. <laughs> but let me give you my beef with science. I, I opened this thought up the other day, and I may be so wrong. And I love science. Believe me, I'm on the side of science. But open this up as a thought experiment, at least. I don't know how a lot of things work. If I was on a desert island and I was asked to create a light bulb, I wouldn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Some, Me neither. Some very, very smart people have come to the conclusions that have resulted in many of the breakthrough innovations that have existed in humankind. So, when X scientist who's dedicated his life to X field suggests a theory that the scientific community then experiment with. Mm -hmm. They're talking to a relatively minor subset of people. So... um, You're on a desert island. There are various people who are very, very smart. They've come up with the idea for a light bulb. You don't know how it works. You're on a desert island, though, and you want to recreate that light bulb? What I'm saying is, if if I was on my own, I would live in a cave still. I'd still be a caveman. Me too. Right? And so the people that understand science to the, to the highest degree to mm. validate the beliefs that we, the beliefs that we believe in mm. have been propagated to us. No. no, 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 no. You do not know. Okay, 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 sorry. Continue, continue. I'm shouting ahead. I apologize, Ed. You do not know. First time ever. <laughs> On Ricky Richards. Yeah, first time he's lost his rack. You do not know a lot of the shit that you believe is true. Correct. Scientifically. Correct. You could not prove it. Yet I choose to trust in the scientific establishment. Exactly. 
right? Now, the people that are at the, the pinnacle of the scientific establishment are a, a relatively few people. There's lots of people trialing yes. the experiments. Now, if you were to come up with a new theor- theory for any of the pre-existing beliefs that we have... Theories that we have. Yeah, pre-existing theories, because they are theories, even yep. though we say they're science... Which is of, of, we, often they're fact, but yes, okay, let's let's. So we assume theories. they're fact based on the fact that lots of other people come to the same conclusion. But yes. say you're counter to those beliefs, yes. you are fighting an uphill battle Correct. against a pre-existing establishment that believe in a certain belief. Correct. And I. But when they die. Well, I seem to believe that there'll actu- be new people. That actually, is it has it come to a stage where maybe. There's only a few people that could feasibly come up with a theory that would surpass pre the pre the theories that currently exist, and that even if they were to come up with a theory that could feasibly go against the current theory, that they would be up the the, the battle that they'd be against is so severe that it would be very very hard in a lifetime to justify that theory. Maybe four hundred years ago. Um who's the famous dude who proposed the idea of a heliocentric solar system? I've no idea. Copernicus. Right. That's it. I've just remembered. Uh, So it took basically a lifetime for Copernicus theory to become fact, essentially. Like uh, we, we call it a scientific theory, but this is just an intellectual way of saying it's an idea um, a way, a, a way that things work, and then you can wait uh, one second or a tr- trillion seconds. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. But basically, an idea is either highly unlikely to be wrong, highly unlikely, or it's wrong, and uh, the, 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 that's the difference. It took Copernicus and a generation to to get through to a future generation of scientists. So you mean after he's dead? Uh, it took him... I, 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 I don't exactly know. But basically it took roughly 60 years. So which, like, which, which, which was just over the <clears throat> average uh, lifetime expectancy of the time. I, I, I compare it to, like, say, artists that don't receive fame until after they're dead. Right. Okay, although with art there is no overriding truth. Yeah, but unlike but, science. But under the, right, so under the understanding that under the understanding that they shifted the zeitgeist to some degree, okay. but within their lifetime they were never credited for that. Okay, and only after their lifetime they were. But for every one that was, I assume that there was lots that weren't. Do you know what I mean? Like, so for every. Sure, but yet Copernicus, on the other hand, has been proven right again and again and again and again. Do you think there's lots of people that... All all the way up until Neil Armstrong. That feasibly couldn't. A.K.A. Louis, (laughs) who was discussed earlier. Like, when Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, again, Copernicus' theory of a heliocentric solar system was proven right again and again and again and again. It just it just keeps happening, and it's it's not a theory anymore. It's a fact. Don't don't give me like I can. And I, and this, this this is what I mean about science and rationality and having logical discussion. Ultimately, there is only one truth, 
And it's either truth or it's not. If it's not truth, it will contradict itself at some point. I 110% agree. The only thing that I... It's really difficult to explain. Like, as life goes on, yeah. very, very few people are in a position where they can dedicate a lifetime without distraction to a subject to Agreed. a point where they could feasibly come up with an idea that either surpasses or that contradicts a pre-existing belief. That's so difficult to do. Agreed. To the point where it may take one in a million, one like, in a billion you, people to do, but it happens. Do you, yeah, I was going to say, do you think there will come a point where we reach truth to such an nth degree that it will take something miraculous for something to ever be a breakthrough do you know what i mean no because by definition like when you say miraculous you're endorsing the idea of a miracle no i i am and i'm not because right so say the creative industry Hmm. i interviewed edmund fraser and he said and i agree with him that if you're a white middle class or even lower class white male you've got very little to offer society in terms of cultural significance. Why? Because we've owned it. We we are cultural significance. In terms of like the media, in terms of artistic expression. Yeah. And therefore anything we say is just going to, is just going to fade out into the noise. Yeah. Like, so it doesn't matter how much I try as an individual, Mm. as an artist, as an artist, I'd have to do I'd have to be very very conscious to go against everything in order to to make even a, a, a significant dint. Yep. Whereas you get someone like say Jean-Michel Basquet who was a, a a black artist back in New York in X however long ago during the pop art era and he was creating these kind of childlike images with a lot of intellectual um depth to them. That was different because he came from a different background and had a different perspective. Do you know what I mean? And so when I'm talking about, a, uh, did I say a miracle? What did I say? What was Miraculous. The- Miraculous. What I mean is an individual that has come from such an unexpected background that he would have unique insight that nobody else has had. So what was your original question? We've gone on a very, very, very... We, we, we have. Like, you're basically saying it, it takes somebody miraculous to uh, challenge so, the status quo. Yeah, so my original... And, and, and I would agree with that. My original standpoint uh, was that I suppose. it would take a lifetime studying one subsect of science mm-hmm. to ever get to a point where you could feasibly contradict it, even if your opinion was right or wrong, right? Just to be at a point where you could... Agree. Because science is such a huge discipline, it yeah. takes a long time to become an expert in even just a small amount of it. Yeah, and so even on a cultural perspective, you, you, as a as a someone that's part of uh, the dominant subsect of society that's pushing it forward, i.e., white people. Yeah, like I don't feel like there's much to add. Whereas someone, I don't know, say you were poor Jamaican that moved to the UK and then started doing this kind of weird art 
that no one else had seen before, you'd cut through the noise and you'd have a different story and be something to say there and you'd be new and unique and you'd have something to add to the culture. Do you know what I mean? And so in a, from a scientific perspective, though, it's more than just like art to some degree, as much as we add value to it, it's relatively arbitrary. Science is got to be backed up by fact. And so what I'm saying is, is that who does that individual have to be for them to have such a unique perspective that they could be outside, that they could be smart enough to, to pose a theory that is valid, but different enough that it's unique. You know, like that person is a, mm. is a, is a miracle. Agreed. By, by statistics. I've turned you around. <laughs> five minutes ago, <laughs> I, I I honestly don't remember. At five minutes ago, you said that they. I'm I'm happy for this to be edited in a very. <laughs> I'm going to cut this up, by the way. So I just sound like a genius. Calculating way. <laughs> oh god, I'm so full of shit. I'm, I, I, I know. I'm very happy for this to be. I mean, it's 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 part of the the awesomeness of science. And rational and logical thinking that one can be brought around to yeah. a different way of thinking, if that's what has happened here, and I very much doubt that. But 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 if it has, I don't I don't I don't care. If I have been, then then fine. As soon as you stop thinking rationally and logically about a problem, i.e., as far as I'm concerned, how do you guarantee world peace and prosperity? As soon as you stop thinking rationally about that, you open yourself up to a world of hell. <laughs> yeah. Like that's when hell begins. That that that's where problems really start to manifest themselves because you're no longer speaking in the same language. Right. I agree. Well, do I agree? I don't want to say I agree. I'm too far gone. Awesome. <laughs> That's a good place, right? We're in a good place. When you Let's see do far, it. When All right. You've gone. got, what, seven <clears> left? <throat> right. So here we go. So we've done Elon Musk. Drink. Yeah. Drink. We've done, well, I don't care about Trump. Too many people have talked about Trump. We're not going to say anything Agreed. that's new. Royal family. Done. Mm. Yes, you're very happy about that one. Mm -hmm. Consumerism. Right. Right. Okay. You have pr proposed consumerism because I, 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 I don't know what to say about that. Okay. I'm, I'm like I used to be right wing as I was growing up. I, my, my father is right wing. I looked to him intellectually for sure, and therefore I looked to him politically as well. Um, whether I do or not nowadays is neither here nor there. I grew up as a free market favoring, basic, ba basically a Tory. I used to be pro-royal family, for example. I used to be very pro that. I used to be patriotic, nationalistic, until I went to China. Uh, and then I started thinking about things in a different way. And unless I was really homesick, in which case I would play the, the national anthem. And Jerusalem. Wow, and... Uh, Land of hope and glory. Oh my God! Man. I used to know. I think there's there are four, four verses to, um, land of hope and glory. 
I used to know all of them off by heart, including the fourth. I think. Anyway, anyway, I used to be that, that way. Then I went to university and I didn't think I would learn anything. I thought, I, of course, I assumed I would learn more facts. After I came back from China, I thought, okay, I'm going to learn more facts. Because at school, I never learned how to think. All you learn at school is facts, but you never learn how to think. Yeah. I never learned how to analyze something. I could see that certain teachers were trying to teach me that. And I uh, almost um, <clears throat> resent the fact that I didn't actually follow through and really realize what they were trying to, trying to teach me. But, 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 but oh well, I used to be a very free market favoring Tory. And Look, now I'm a balanced left and right. Let me, like in terms of beliefs... Especially on, on social issues. Turning point for me. Completely cut you off, Ed. I apologise. No, go for it. But I hope this resonates with some folk. Was, I studied design. And when I was at college, design encouraged you to question what we believed was right and wrong. So, is something that the way you do it now necessarily the best way to do it? That's what I also learnt at university. And so, and I didn't, like, funnily enough, I learned that at college. If I'd not learned it at college through my teacher, Pete, who I also had a university lecturer called Pete as well, not to be confused, not that I don't love Pete at uni, but um, I necessarily would not have never ever questioned this. So he taught me to, like, question everything, i.e., you know, is the way you eat your dinner, is the way you wake up in the morning, is the way you do this, is anything, is it the right way? Is it the best way? Is it the most efficient way? Not necessarily efficient. Is it what resonates with what you're trying to achieve? Whatever. And for a lot of people, they apply that to their career. So that in design, for example, they'll apply it to an advertising campaign or a logo or a marketing campaign or anything. Whereas I have always seen that as, oh my God, this has changed my life. I can apply this to everything. And that's one of the things that's always annoyed me with the design industry is that when you learn design, people instantly pigeonhole you as a graphic designer, for example. Yeah. When actually you can apply that same thinking to anything. So if I went and worked for a, a political office, I don't know what the the problem I may have to solve, but I would apply the exact same thing can I apply to any design challenge to that exact same challenge. And so I've always had the confidence to go into anything because the question is, what are the assumptions? How can I question them? And how can I show that what you might have thought was absolutely beyond question might not be the right way to think might not be the right way to think or it might be exactly the right way to think yeah yeah sure um, which or, is goes or, or, back or shades of gray which goes back to the scientific theory right like you question your yeah. your beliefs so when i first went to china i would chat with chinese people whether they spoke english at the beginning uh or chinese towards the end or not um it would, I, I, I basically learned how to think from another perspective when I was there. 
And I could kind of see that perspective when I was there. And it, but it was really formalized once I basically did this access course, um, which, which served as the equivalent of my, my, my college to get me into university. And I, uh, and I've got a question for you. Sorry to interrupt. Sure. What, the, what is cult? Right. So I'll give you an example. A lot of people in the UK think that alcohol isn't a drug when it is a drug. Um, the, a lot of people dislike the way Muslims live because they worship a God, blah, blah, blah. But one of the cultural benefits of their religion is that they don't drink alcohol. And actually, that's a positive. What are like some of this? And like, so that's something I would potentially take from their religion and say, I know we're, this is a drunk car, so we can hardly talk. But like generally, nine times out of 10, hunt, hunt 200, well, 364 days out of the year, I would not be doing this. So what is something that culturally out of another, out of the Chinese religion, or not Chinese religion, Chinese culture that you've taken away as a positive that you can add to your own life? So one of the biggest things that I discovered was when I was on a 36, 34, sorry, 34 hour train journey from Shanghai to Harbin, which is uh, in the north of China near the Russian border. And it was a horrible, a horrible journey um, in certain respects. I mean, a lot of journeys you take uh, a hard sleeper at worst, uh, well, at semi-worst. I mean, it, it, it would be a bed, it would be hard, it wouldn't be great. There would be six people to a cabin, but ultimately it would be fine. You get to sleep, you had your own space, blah, blah, blah. I booked this ticket three days in advance and I had a hard seat, which meant that I was sitting, sitting, <laughs> sitting, sitting the whole time for 34 hours straight. I had my bags above me because I got to the train departure early and therefore I had my bags directly above me, which still got like slit uh, with a knife. Um, Explain by, what? Uh, the, the, the side of my, my bag got slit. Somebody was clearly after something when I was asleep. Um, Why didn't they just open it? Did you have a lock on it? It was above me in the rack. Yeah. Yeah, and so they couldn't get it back down unless they'd wake me up. So instead of unzipping it, they slit the side. See what's we'll see what's there. It was it was literally slit up the side. But what I mean is, did you have a lock on the back? Why did I, they, I, why did they slit it as opposed to unzip it? Well, because unzipping it would have meant a lot of noise and hassle. Right. Okay. That's all I wanted to know. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm trying to get into the story here. Uh, yeah, go for it. Get in. Right, so you're not on a TOG mattress, we've established Get in, that. get in, <laughs> get right in. You're on a hard surface. Hard hard surface. And the bags and above you, it's been slit. That's it, that's it. This is a tough journey. And what I learned from China that I can take from China to the UK, despite all of this awfulness, is that when you're there, you're kind of forced to accept everybody's personal anti-socialness in the uk you're expected not to play your own music on your phone if you're on a train let's say 
You're expected not to talk too loudly, not to smoke or eat food, which is really, really stinky. In China, you can smoke, especially if you're old, because they're older venerated. You can eat really stinky food. You can play music on your phone. Out loud. For, 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 out loud for and all sorts of people, for, for like the entire carriage to hear on your phone. You can play any music you like because it's what you want to do. And everybody else will I, accept Can I just it. ask you what venerated means? Uh, in, uh, in the, uh, oh, uh, so the old, old, old people are venerated. They're respected. Right. Um, you, but, I mean, you, you can basically do anything you want. In, on a Chinese train on your way from Shanghai to Harbin near the Rus- Russian borders, the, the northernmost major town in China. So where we would be, oh, they're so annoying. The whole exactly, way. Exactly, exactly. Like, like in, there, in it's the just UK, if you decided to eat stinky food, to smoke on a train and to play your own music out loud, you would be the pariah. You'd be the Saddam Hussein of of Anglia Railways. I mean, <laughs> you'd, be, yeah. you'd be the worst person in the entire world, whereas Chinese people are prepared to accept that. They're prepared to accept, okay, everybody has their individual ways of doing things. We'll take that and we'll accommodate it. Every single one of us will accommodate each other. And if I want to do something which is out there, I'm allowed. So did you get your dick out and wing mill it? twice wow liberating (laughs) sorry ed's mom (laughs) (laughs) but but, but that's that's amazing man but that's basically it it's it's the opposite over here we want to kill people we want to remain over here we want to in the west we want to remain utterly utterly silent lest we offend those who are sitting right next to us over there it's different and that's probably if i was to pick a single anecdote that's probably the biggest thing i took so are you very accommodating now then i like to think wow and it's just a different way of seeing the world it's it's one of the one of the things which took me from a diehard tory uh fuck it you know small government low regulation I'm right. Let me read only one source, only one medium, only one source of news, and that'll see me through life. Way of thinking to, huh, I can see there's this other way of doing it, which is equally right and equally wrong. And that set me on the path of thinking analytically. And then I went to university. Interesting. Interesting is a terrible word. Have you been told this? No, but I saw your eyebrows at the same time and they oh, went away. Interesting. It's just a word that you can use with everything. Are you going to have to give your uh, your editor a real kickback here? Because there is no editor on this one, Ed. This is going to cost me serious pocket money if I want an editor to work on this one. This is going to... This is going <laughs> to... This is gonna be this is gonna be a Rick job tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm gonna make you sound horrendous and I'm gonna sound fantastic. <laughs> right. I'm fascinated. I whatever you want me to sound like. 
Okay. <laughs> Including your typical RRR uh, excerpt from guest speech. What, my uh, quotes on Your, on your the quote gram. right at the beginning. Oh, my God. If there's ever an insight, quotes perform exceptionally well on Instagram. Hmm. I don't even put many hashtags as far as just like posts are concerned. You put a you put a quote up on Instagram, people eat that shit up. Just letting you know, folks. So tomorrow when we get a quote from Ed and it's ridiculous, I want I want serious likes on that. Go for it. I'm gonna what? pull I'm gonna pull out some crackers. <laughs> What's next? I can't wait. What's it's going to be so funny. I think I've got another six potential right. quotes lined up here. Right. So I'm going to let you have a choice, Ed. Right. How so many have we got? We've got we've loads. Got, wait, consumerism. No, no, it's no, bullshit. no, no. It's bullshit. It is bullshit. Don't be consumerist. All right. Tick. Tick. We definitely skirted that issue. So I reckon we've got enough time for two more of these because I do not want to sit through a three... Well, I'm going to sit through a three-hour goddamn interview and edit this. Ah, man, it sucks. So we've got favourite films, UFC, simulation theory, what are the best sources of information, meat, i.e., is it good, bad? Meat as in me-e-a-t. God, do you know what? I'm going to... I don't give a shit about the meat. God, so many people are talking about that. I don't care. All right. And organ organ donation. All right, let's do organ donation. Let's do organ donation. Let's do... Uh, start from the top again. I'm thinking simulation theory is quite cool. Simulation... Right, we've got favorite films. UFC. Yeah. Because I'm into that. I'm, I'm not UFC. I mean, I would happily watch UFC, but I know nothing about it. I'll give you a very, very quick overview and we'll scare it off the list. There's two brothers called... I think they're called the Malloy Bro... God, I don't want to get this wrong because I'm drunk now. I really need the loo as well. Again? Yeah. Man. Anyway, right, I'll give you the skirt inversion. Two brothers that got taught Japanese uh, jiu-jitsu. Yeah. I believe it was Japanese. Might be wrong. Huh. I think it was ju- Japanese jiu-jitsu. They believed that they it wasn't good enough because you couldn't fight opponents of different sizes. So they took the learnings of jiu-jitsu and created Brazilian jiu-jitsu. They Which built is like half dancing, right? Whatever you say. So, <laughs> pure fact, guys, half dancing. Anyway, so they built these very, very popular academies <laughs> all across Brazil, and they put out a bet. I say a bet. They basically put out a challenge to people. You come and fight us. We'll give you 100 grand if you win. Lots of people turned up. They just never won. And then off the back of that, they started this thing called Ultimate Fighter, which was basically a challenge where people from all different backgrounds came to fight from all different martial arts backgrounds. And you're talking like uh, sumo wrestlers versus karate champions. Mixed blah, martial arts. Mixed martial arts. Got it. I, uh, I watched the film Warrior. I haven't. MMA. Basically, you the, haven't watched the film Warrior. No, I should, right? Oh man. Anyway, basically, these guys kept winning, and that formed the basis for what is UFC today. And I believe, I might be wrong on this because I'm I'm only just getting into it. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for grappling, strangleholds, that kind of stuff. You're looking at Muay Thai for the striking side of it, basically kickboxing, a lot of kicks to the legs and punching. 
and you're looking at wrestling for kind of ground and pound and that kind of stuff. And everyone looks at it as it's very, very barbaric. But actually, the people that are into it, even people like Conor McGregor, who a lot of people are talking about, behind all the bravado, there's a lot of, like, focus and meditative thought and, you know, about being in the moment. And and for me, one of my favourite films, going on the favourite films thing, is Fight Club. And the idea that like outside of the mundane life of nine to five, you could have this thing which just kind of takes you out of the zone and puts you into that. And it's the closest thing to going back to kind of like Roma and, hmm. you know, gladiators. It's this like battle of the, of these people, of the forces of their discipline, you know. Anyway, that's UFC. Do you want to go for a wee? <laughs> We are well and truly liquored, ladies and gentlemen. As far as drunk casts go, we are, we are there. You're basically just David Beckham, right? Exactly. Exactly. I am David Beckham. In fact, one of the quotes you heard off the news uh, is me doing an impression of David Beckham, who, when interviewed at the Olympics, said... Quote, quote, he said, obviously looking around the police, comma, the army, comma, they done absolutely amazing. Solid. You know, obviously looking around, you know, the police, the army, they done absolutely amazing, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's just absurd. But why... The, 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 the fucking value of his insight. <laughs> He's the most, you know, in, ad, in marketing and advertising, which is the industry we work in, there's very, very few male figures that, that males look up to. Like, you can, there's not very many faces you can put on male advertising and expect to sell stuff because blokes just generally don't go, I fucking love that bloke. He's amazing. Whereas girls, on the other hand, there's a lot of female role models. You stick Beyonce on something, it's like, yeah, yeah. she's she's the dog's bollocks. Mm. There's very, very mm. few men you can do that with. David Beckham is one of those few men <clears throat> where you can put him on something and people go, genuinely, he's a good bloke. What do you think to that? I think that's the absurdity of, of marketing. Mass culture. Yeah. I mean... Any culture when you can say David Beckham is one of the few people you can look up to is thoroughly flawed. (laughs) Quote of the day. That's the quote I'm going to stick on the gram. The fact I'm calling it the gram makes me a twat, (laughs) doesn't it? A super twat. Yeah. No, do you know, I've I've been introspecting a little bit over what is culturally significant and what isn't. And one of the things, one of the, conclusions i've come to is that comedy is extremely important that actually dribbling down yourself with a beer i'm literally not <laughs> but i i thoroughly agree that comedy is incredibly co- important. Co- comedy is like for it's it's basically like political debate uh, yeah. in another medium it's it's 100 percent 
people that do comedy for the most part are fucking smart as hell. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they just look at the world and go, Bill Hicks. Bill how, Hicks. Massive uh, shout out to Bill Hicks, who is dead yet insanely smart. How absurd is the world? Like, I have. Nobody knows this. People are going to take the piss out of me for it. I don't care. I've started collating a sketchbook full of ideas that I think are funny. Just like everyday things that I observe and go, that is fucking hilarious. And my hope is that in the next couple of years, I'll grow the bottle to actually do a stand-up show. To, to put those ideas into physical jokes and to stand up in front of a gr- group of people and to actually say them. And it's part of... It's madness to say this on a podcast. It's part of my plan with the whole going around to universities and giving talks and all of that to get comfortable talking in amongst a crowd of people because I really believe that actually comedy is one of the few areas has some kind of creative merit more like so much more than well who am i to say but i believe much more than kind of design and advertising stuff because for the most part they impact a very small minority of folk whereas comedy tends to be a universal thing comedy doesn't age well but it's also very very impactful in the moment and those and also there's the whole aspect of not being afraid of people's belief of you, which is um, Hmm. like we all have, whether we believe it or not, an ego. When we stand up in front of a group of people and we try and tell them something that we believe is feasibly valuable to them and we worry about the fact that they judge us as, uh, you know, doing something that isn't just or whatever, or that they might think that, they might not like us. Bearing in mind that I'm the biggest blusher in the world, right? Like people look at me and laugh, I blush. But my one of my aspirations is to not give a fuck, to really not care what people have to say. And for me to be able to share my beliefs and hopefully with the greater good at heart. And I believe one of the best manifestations of that is comedy. And it's funny how... You know, you use this David Beckham-esque voice as a as a comical thing that you do. But actually, that is, if I was to analyse that, it's, it's your way of expressing how mad popular culture is to respect someone like David Beckham. Why don't you do more like that? Huh, Ed? Huh, 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 huh? <laughs> I'm solidly fucking tempted. Man, like, you, you know... No, no one, no one of Ed's 45 followers on Twitter. (laughs) Uh, I love that. It's so good. He's such a nice, like you, you're deserving of a million followers. I hope you, I hope you do well. But no, genuinely. Me and all the other 14 guests. (laughs) I've never met anyone who smiles talking about just arbitrary shit like you. (laughs) I feel like your parents injected you with some like smiley disease or something. Enthusiasm. It is enthusiasm. There's something about you, Mm -hmm. Ed. I get incredibly turned off by most stuff, but as soon as it turns interesting, I'm engaged. Ed has a banter board. I do have a banter board. What's on your banter board, Ed? We're in the office now. We can look at it. Okay. 
The upsta- so, so the for, upstairs for, downstairs toilet for the uninitiated. Uh, Ricky and I uh, have different offices, but in the same single building, and there are two toilets. And one is upstairs and one is downstairs, and the upstairs downstairs toilet plays a bit of a bit of a bit of a role around here. Some people don't like to discuss it. I, however, embrace that debate, so I put it on there. Um, the flush is a particular upstairs toilet is fucking bullshit. The flush is awful. Yeah, absolutely. Like a. Uh, Way over fifty percent, you leave a floater every time. I think I've even come across <laughs> one of yours. <laughs> I've I've stopped giving a fuck. Subtly, subtly covered by a sheet of. Oh yeah, paper. yeah, that's everyone's that's strategy, right? Yeah, exactly. So I don't give a shit. Uh, the next <laughs> one, uh, British Museum give back. Should the British Museum give back some of the treasures that they that have been pillaged? over the last 200 years with the British Empire from other countries. Um, yeah, should, should, should some of those treasures be given back? For example, the uh, some of the, the, the booty that was taken, for example, from the Summer Palace in, 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 in Beijing um, in the 20th century. Uh, sorry, 19th century. Um, or, for example, the uh, what well, what are the names of the uh, the Elgin marbles? The Elgin marbles who that were taken also in the nineteenth century from I had, Athens I had no and idea brought over Greece to, uh, to, to, to to here. Both of which what the fuck is he talking about? Both of which would arguably have been destroyed by the very progressive, like like radically progressive regimes that came into power. After we plundered these countries, this is this is solid banter. This is fantastic. <laughs> this is this is high quality banter. Right. And I took this off I partridge, I partridge, and then the 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 tagline. So what, 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 we need to talk about alum. So was the answer was the answer yes or no to that? To what? They should give it back, right? Um, I, I honestly don't know, but I mean, oh. there is a debate to be had. The British Museum has a lot of... Hang gr- on, famous uh, labels versus Tesco. Has a lot of shit. So, far, no, no, that's farmers markets versus Tesco. So, my point is, on a, on a, on a CO2 per kilogram basis, Tesco is more efficient. I'll give you my debate on that, because my village, I am from Braunton. So... Tesco's moved to a place. All of a sudden, lots of businesses close because lots of people go to Tesco's. Debate over. Yeah. Pretty much. If people really gave a fuck about going to local businesses, Tesco's wouldn't exist. Yeah. Tesco's exists because it's convenient, because it saves people time. It allows people to do other things outside of go to every local shop to get various groceries. While I hate the idea of the fact that you've got this corporate monster that's earning lots of money that the fact of the matter is it's is more environmentally friendly and cheaper people go there because it offers a bigger value proposition than local businesses if they if it didn't it wouldn't succeed yeah 
that is unfortunately the world we live in there's you know here at least and so while i understand while i feel sorry for the small businesses once right the thing that people don't know about tesco and i wish this was shared as as an idea is that the guy that started tesco in fact it actually started out as two different businesses and i can't Mm. remember what it was but the name was fused i used to work for tesco you used to work for tesco uh somebody cohen and somebody something tess and it basically started out as a guy with like i'm not sure if it was the wheelbarrow but a, a small london stall yeah and then he had this idea which was if i buy mass quantities of product i can reduce the price Therefore, I can offer people more value for money on the products they want to buy. Stack them high, sell them cheap. Exactly. And so that was his idea. And as a result of that, he managed to build a huge business, which today he's dead and the business continues to grow. That idea wasn't necessarily like, you know, he started out as an individual. It wasn't monopolized to him. Anyone else could have had the same idea and done the exact same thing. The fact is they didn't. If a local village in Braunton, some dude had come up with the same idea and and executed on it the same way Mr. T- Mr. whoever the guy was that created Tesco did, they would have received the same results. And look, that's not to say I don't appreciate small businesses, I do. Hmm. But do you know what I mean? I do. That's the game. No, I, I, I completely understand. Uh, when it comes to farmer's markets versus a ginormous optimized supply chain, the amount of CO2 that you will be emitting uh, per kilometer to get from the place it was grown, whether it's Spain or bloody Wales, is going to be higher as well as the price, of course, is, is going to be higher, basically, than if you go down the corporate monolith route. I mean, these are ginormous scales of, of, of volume we're talking about. Tesco is a massive company. And ultimately, on a net basis, when you consider what comes in, what goes out, and what on balance is better for the world, Tesco is a better way of going than I, your average farmer's market. I would ra- I don't know if I, I don't know if I necessarily like if it was up to me, I'd rather buy my product from a local produced person than Tesco's. If if you had to if When I, you say local though, you literally mean down the road. Living in Devon. Rather, ra- rather than yeah. Live, Living in Devon, I'm in a fortunate position. I'm in a fortunate position where lots of shit is grown there. Right? So I could feasibly buy all my stuff locally. But the fact of the matter is, is that when I go to Tesco's, I can buy it all yep. for really dirt cheap. And so I end up doing that. And the world is based on a, on a value system, i.e. how much value do you bring to other people? And while I, I, you know, I hate saying it because I don't like Tesco's as much as everyone else when it destroys these local people's businesses and people that we like and love who are local people. But if people didn't shop there because they find it to be more helpful than other places, then they wouldn't prosper. Ah, and that is the Tory right-winger in me talking right now. Is is that as as much as I love social progressivism 
and left-wingism delving into the real world when it really matters and regulating and like the large arm of 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 government like extending where it really needs to to rein back private business as much as i can kind of really get on board with that especially the like the social side of things there is a real place for the market market to Man, exist I, 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 there, there is a massive there, 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 there is a vacuum where the market should exist and the um, this is a phrase I learnt in China the invisible hand of the market and I needs like, to need, needs to be given freedom. I couldn't I couldn't agree like because I believe in so many socialist values. Like the idea of everyone being distributed enough for what they need to just get by day to day, so that they can pursue their intellectual endeavors to the fullest pursuit. I one hundred and ten percent agree with. But I also understand the idea of value proposition. And the fact that stuff that pro- stuff, and so I'm in a very contradictory space, and which is why I don't really align myself with any right, left, or anything. I just go on what's logical in any given circumstance, which is it's difficult because I probably should align myself somewhere. But I I I 100% agree with you on that, Ed. Right. <clears throat> I'm a little bit concerned because we're on one block now of the three. We've got two more two more discussions left. I'll tell you what, let me stop right. and then I'll restart because at least if we lose the end, All right. we can cut it here. All right. Again. Right, we're in. What are we chatting about now? Simulation theory. All right, how many have we got? Simulation theory and. Man, we were done so long ago. Uh, organ donation. Organ donation. Should we go organ donation? I think that first. Right, I'll tell you where organ donation came from. I lost my wallet. Right. In my wallet was my driver's license. I had to replace my driver's license. It asked me if I wanted to be an organ donor. I said no. I wanted to say yes. And do you want me to tell you why I said no? Yes. Because I hope someone messages me and says, that's not correct. Right. That doesn't make sense. Does it right? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you the logical argument as to why I said no. And it's a very selfish reason. So and therefore it does not make sense. Therefore it does not make sense. So I'm in a critical accident, right? Where there's the where there's a potentiality a potentiality, is that even a word, Ed? You you've got a good vocabulary. According to George Bush. According to George Bush, it's right. So there's a there's a like there's a likelihood I could die. Better word. Now, they've looked at my records and they've established that I'm an organ donor. Now, are the people gonna concentrate on keeping me alive or are they gonna concentrate on the fact that I've potentially got organs to donate? Like if if being a selfish bastard that I am, if there's a f- if there's even a ten percent chance that they're not focusing on keeping me alive because they're focusing on the fact that I may have organs to give to someone else, then I don't want to be on that list. Does okay. that make sense? Okay, when you come in as an emergency because you're 
about to die, they're not going to have the time to think... Well, firstly, find out what register or registers you are or are not on. And then they're not going to have the time to think, should I save this person from dying or not? And if not, how much money and progression Uh, uh, can uh, I get as a direct result of that? Will I I get? I want to be on all of them. I want to be like... My instinct says I want to donate everything. Once I'm dead, I'm dead. Right? I want if there's any opportunity to save someone else as a result, I want that. But what I want to know is what is the procedure between the point in which I come in in a critical condition and someone receiving my organs. That's interesting. If if, if the doctor that is supposedly trying to save my life has to give up a fraction of his time speaking to someone who wants to know if I'm going to donate an organ? Then I don't. I don't want that. Does that make sense? I, basically, what I want is is I want to be dead before my organs are considered for someone else. Does that make? Do you know what I mean? I don't want my chances of survival to be inhibited in any respect by the fact that I'm on a donor list. It absolutely makes sense but and 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 here's my ex-tory free market thinking it's always bringing back to politics in the head isn't it all no no no, actually (laughs) actually it's not all politics it's all religion because at the end of the day you're gonna ask yeah but why but why and then you're gonna get given an answer and you're gonna say yeah yeah but why and then it's going to be like, well, why, why, why are we even here? That's the ultimate question. That's the, the ultimate question. And you're going to go to religion for that. That's why, ultimately. But, but, but let's, let's, let's... You go to religion or meaninglessness, right? Ultimately, the, the, the question for anything is uh, why are we here and uh, why? Why is that right? Like what you're saying, why is that right? Like my personal perspective on that is that we're just, we are insignificant. We are, we are nothing. Yeah. Uh, and, and I would, that's, I, why, I, that's I, why I don't go to religion because I just like, I just, we're just an anomaly. I, I would agree with you. Um, I, I would agree with you and I would agree, but well, I don't know if you think this, but I find it truly liberating like genuinely (sighs) wow (laughs) okay i i get it i get it wow isn't this fucking fascinating that the universe could evolve to such an extent that i could that the universe itself could (laughs) sort of uh, circumspect on itself it could revert back on itself and realize its own pointlessness that to me is liberating but at a really like key crucial am i going to live am i going to die perspective uh i have a vast amount of faith in that human beings will act according to let's keep this human being alive 
not least because I don't think we have the technology to tell somebody in the uh, emergency room this person is worth more to us dead than alive. When that level of technology shifts, maybe that's an issue. But I think we're a long way from that. I, if I'm right, if you become a doctor, you are you've gone down a path of scientific science, and not probably along with science, you've got mathematics. So you've got a seventy-five-year-old person comes in and they go x organs in this individual are perfectly fine that could help a certain person this person's got an x percent chance of living due to the fact that they've operated on thousands of people if not read all the data on the chances of survival i just think that there's a percentage of that person's mind that is on the fact that this person is a that their organs may be valuable to somebody else worst case scenario if they receive direct reimbursement or replenishment of their salary as a result of those organs, perhaps. But up till now, I am completely and unashamedly unaware of that. Yeah, and I and I and I should have. I should, uh, and, and oh, man, I really want. I should. I want to be a donor. I want to donate everything. Seriously, you should be. I, I signed up to be a donor uh, when I was uh, about 16 or 17. I can't remember. There was, a, there, there was a guy who came into school. He's about 50, 55 years old. And he lobbied for our class of citizenship or whatever it was. You know, it's one of these so-called bullshit classes, which I actually ended up learning quite a lot from. If I'm honest, um, we just had a smoking hot sex education teacher. <laughs> she told me she wanted to lick her husband's feet, toes, toes, suck her husband's toes. So your sex education taught you? Yep. Really? Wow. Mrs. Savage. No, <laughs> no. no jokes. No jokes. Oh wow. No jokes. Anyway, uh, in 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 one of these various extracurricular as 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 far as the traditional educator is concerned these extracurricular government forces you to teach type lessons um we 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 had we were lucky enough to have somebody come in to give us a speech about the <laughs> potential essentially it's the potential yield of a human body like like okay okay so you you've got the power of sight great you could give the almost a hundred percent the power of sight to two blind people two two blind people who were born without the power of sight or were born with the power of sight, but then lost it at some point. You, with one eye, can give them 99.9% .9 the power of sight by giving them, by the virtue of simply having given them one eye ball that you have. 
You can give two people the power of sight. Just imagine what it would be like to be blind. And then imagine what it would be like to have 99% of the power of sight. Like that's, that's absolutely enormous. And you can give two people that power when you're dead. If you give your body to science. And that's just with science. Sorry, that's just with sight. If you die and you haven't, uh, it, you, you could give two kidneys to people. You can give uh, two lungs to people. People only need one kidney, by the way. I think they need two lungs, but I'm not actually too sure. You can give uh, skin to people. And, uh, and, and you, you, you can just give a vast amount of what, stuff. What? There was a guy who came into our school and he, 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 he lobbied, he lectured, whatever you want to call it. He basically explained what a, an entire human body could do. And he said 30, 40, I think it was 50. 50 people directly benefited from a single person's body after they died on the basis that they gave their body to science. And then, and I think he had his, had the crowd on his side by then. This was a crowd of 20 or so, so 16, the- 17 year olds, which is a tough crowd. Yeah. And then he finally revealed that it was his daughter who had died a year or two earlier in a car crash who had been this donor to 40 or 50 people or so, and for for whom he had been able to extend or relieve a quality of life that was just unimaginable before so. That's insane. We need to find this guy's name. I I will find it if you and and your dutiful listeners desire all 45 of them i will find it i will find it but but that is why ever since i heard that lecture i have been solidly and unapologetically and just unequivocally a member of the donate organs demographic i vouch on this podcast to donate all of myself there's plenty of it you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. But Especially that fucking chin. This fucking chin, man. It's like, what the hell was, what the hell was my uh, dad thinking when he gave me this bad boy? My dad, right? Oh god, it's insane. It's like two additional heads on his chin. He's got a void. He's literally like, what's his? What's that religious dude that parts the waters? Moses, mate. Moses. Moses, mate. Moses, mate, but for his chin. Hey, Moses, yeah? Uh, Moses. Mate, 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 mate. Moses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're going to get killed. <laughs> He's give up. He's give up his full name on this podcast. So, any of you folks from where was that? Where was that, Ed? What was that an impression of? 
Oh, he won't say it. He won't say it. He knows. <laughs> he, he knows he's gonna get killed. He Moses. He knows he's gonna get jibbed up. Jibbed up. That is the name of a sail on a sailing boat. A jib. The jib. Finally, talk to the mic, Ed. Simulation theory. All right, we're going to finish on this. The theory of simulation is that human civilization has already got to the point where we are able to surpass our consciousness onto computers in the same respects that we are getting close to now to the point where we could feasibly simulate human experience and that we are living that experience right now and that basically we wouldn't know any different. And this is, I've been fascinated by the new Black Mirror series. Amazing, by the way. Which I have not yet wish very much to watch. Oh, man, please do. So good. Wow. Um, Charlie Brooker's series, season three, has just come out on the Netflix. I'm a big fan of his, but I've yet to watch. Oh, he's, yeah, he's basically, Black Mirror, for anyone that hasn't watched it, is just extrapolations of pre-existing ways of being or beliefs or like if if technology was to evolve and the trajectory it's going now what could it feasibly be like blah 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 blah. Mm. um you know like an example would be how in the first series he had people that used to ride on a treadmill in order to earn credits which was basically a representation of the fact that we go to our jobs nine to five every day in order to earn money that we can then spend in life with the aspirations of hopefully being famous, which like they kind of portray in an X Factor esque style. Anyway, uh, like you know, it's that kind of thing. It's it's it's. Right, we're diverting from the subject head. Simulation theory. Could we be a simulation? Yeah. You think? Yeah. Right, we'll wrap it up there then. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way telling for or against. There's just no way. I think there's like an Einstein theory, which is like something to do with, I think it's what um, Interstellar goes into. I freaking love that film. Firstly, I, oh man, that film is taught in classrooms. Is played in classrooms because it is, in certain respects, accurate enough to kind of give credence to really important scientific theories, like general re- relativity, for example. It's like it's like a great film. <laughs> it's in certain respects, it is genuinely a great film, and it has an incredible soundtrack. Uh, which mirrors 2001 Space Odyssey uh, in its the, in the fact that it uses organ a lot. Um, and well, that's about it. What I find interesting is that... Interesting. Don't use interesting. What I find captivating is that science fiction films basically lay the foundations for kind of tech entrepreneurs it's like their inspiration do you, do you know what i mean it's like a it's like a point at which to reference to move towards yeah 
It's like pure creativity towards which you can aspire. Yeah. It's 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 like a it's a stake in the ground of like this yeah. is feasible. Yeah. Or this could be. Yeah. Why couldn't this be? And some of it is dystopian. A lot of Black Mirror stuff is dystopian. It's like this is bad. But then they did an episode, spoiler alert, where it was like Oh, okay, I won't say it. You're, you're Go for it. it, man. Go for it. Basically, it was like the idea of like when you die, you could feasibly tra- transfer your your thoughts to another dimension where you live another life. And so when we're talking simulation theory, it could be that like the point at which you die, say you find a lover that you're madly in love with, you can basically, and, and in, in this episode it talks about like a moment in time as well like what is the moment in time in which you love could be the 60s it could be 2000 and blah 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 it could be whatever basically whatever suits you as an individual and you can live in that moment for infinity because we're able to download your brain in the same respect that we download a file on a computer madness Simulation is 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 is. I mean, it's 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 obvious and incredible at the same time. The 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 point is is that right? Imagine with the virtual reality, when you get to the point where you put on that headset, and it's so goddamn realistic that when you're on it for ten hours straight that all of a sudden you forgot you put a headset on. You could feasibly be in another dimension as far as you're concerned. And that's with today's level of consumer technology. Fast forward that 10, 20 years uh, and, and, and you're, you're gone. Like, like, like maybe we are thousands of years ahead of our time that we are right now. And, 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 and assume that like and, and there, all... there, there is a level, there is a trajectory of growth, yeah. which there will be. Um, if you simply assume that, then future generations of human beings or whatever will have many orders of magnitude power over us. And therefore, they could well be simply simulating us. And therefore, we are literally living in a matrix. But as far as I'm concerned, because there is no way of proving it, therefore, it makes absolutely no difference whatsoever. That would completely like mess up a lot of our theories regarding... Fate versus... Yeah, like where you pop out of the vagina. Um, I would, I would agree with you. There is no way to, uh, absolutely say whether or not we live could, in, could, in, 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 in a, in a fated world versus <clears throat> a free will world. There is no way of telling between the two. Our, uh, our but, simulation but, theory master could have gone, let, 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 let's put life on load on high difficulty. And so they put on their mask and instead low difficulty, like easy level is I'm born in the USA. I'm born in the UK. I'm white. I'm a British male, blah, blah, blah. Hard difficulty level, right? Let's stick this on. I'm in the middle of uh, fucking Afghanistan <laughs> and I've got fuck all resources, right? I need to, need to get myself out of this situation. <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do? 
I'm going to get on a boat and try and float to uh, wherever. Sardinia. Yeah. And then when I die in the sea, he takes off his headset and he goes, retry. <laughs> He's reborn. Somewhere, someone else. I mean, all of this could well be a simulation and we will not know the difference between our our simulated lives and our actual lives if they even exist um, from the moment we're born to the moment we die. So basically we will never know the exact truth. But like we are one civilization out of a vast, vast universe. And if we are at the point nearing genuine uh, artificial intelligence and genuine simulation, then it's likely that there are other civilizations out there in space or time who have or have already done so. Uh, If the former then we're a touch behind, but we will probably get there. If the latter, then we are probably already a simulation. Like, I I fall out with my dad quite often because he believes in aliens. And I believe in aliens. I believe in aliens. I believe in aliens. Why, why do you fall out with your dad? I'll tell you why. Because I believe in aliens too. I believe in the known universe. There's got to be other living life out outside of our understanding of what's out there or whether it's known or unknown what i don't believe is that they come down in circular discs and have Ah. giant craniums and they're like gangly arms basically the fictitious version of what we depict as aliens which is what my dad believes in really 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 you're joking i shit you not he believes in crop circles he believes that crop circles are the work my, of XET. My dad believes that, this, like, he often looks outside the back, his window in the garden and goes... In rural Devon. In rural Devon and goes, look at that, look at that light. I can't explain that light. What is that light? And I go, <laughs> Dad, we live near a fucking airbase and... Uh, you're not an aeros you're not an aerospace engineer. You're not a pilot. You don't know shit about pay- planes. You don't know what the fuck that is because you don't know shit about planes. That's why you don't know what that light is. I don't care how many dodgy documentaries you've watched on Dave. <laughs> like even if it's a plane that we don't know anything about No, no, no. Even if it's something we don't know anything about, whether it's a plane or not, then that's where the conversation should stop. I don't know anything about what the fuck that is, is where your conversation stops. You shouldn't say, I don't know what the fuck that is, therefore it is aliens. That's... That, that That's absurd. I mean, how can you possibly make that leap? My, my point is, is that if aliens exist, they're probably not what we believe 
like or what we've depicted as the fictitious versions of aliens. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. they might be a blob with nine limbs. You know, the circumstances are, are likely to be very different. Hence, evolution will have, assuming evolution is correct, it is, which I believe, it is. Yeah, then <laughs> they'll be very different. You know, they cert- there's a there's a possibility they may have giant craniums and long limbs and gangly fingers. But the chances of that are as likely as they are to be a microbiome. If that, I don't know. If anything, I hope they, they, I I mean, I'm I'm taking this from, from all sorts of people who are experts on the matter, but I, I hope they, they don't discover DNA based life on Mars when the probes or people who are sufficient to do the job to detect life on Mars arrive. Um, it would be quite sad if they discovered DNA-based life form. Like, DNA is arbitrary as far as the chemistry of life is concerned. It could easy, easily be LXU. It could be literally anything um, as far as life is concerned. And if it was DNA-based life, it would strongly imply that life on Earth actually came from life on Mars. Uh, And that it was transported to Earth from various uh, meteoroid um, collisions. And there have been all sorts of projections which say that from the late bombardment period onwards, all sorts of collisions could have happened on Mars, which could have sent asteroids on a collision path with Earth, sending life which began on Mars to Earth, therefore spawning life which became all of us. So essentially, it's we, gone crazy. we are all Martians no, no. right here. If we <laughs> it's were as to, feasible as anything. If we were to discover life on Mars that was not DNA-based, that would therefore, uh, it would therefore follow that life is actually quite common in the wider universe. Which I, th- I think it probably is, but... I mean, if, 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 if it was not DNA-based on Mars, then that would be a very strong indicator that we are far from alone. I, we're we're going we're to run out of battery. It's the thing with batteries. is fucking annoying. So I want to wrap up soon. But one of the things... Like, well, in five minutes. So what I want to say is that one of the things that I think really inhibit, inhibits humanity is the fact that we only have X number of years in existence. The vast majority of that is just like learning who we are as an individual. And so, if there's any means of scanning... Whoa. It's intense, Ed. Oh, fucking more burps. It's it's a coaster with the Queen Elizabeth on it. It's Ed's favourite. So if it was bought for me as a secret Santa present, ironically. I've got a Union Jack pen upstairs just to... Ironically. Yeah. Anyway, if there was a means of being able to scan geniuses 
geniuses, basically people that have pushed human capacity to their limits and then be able to basically just implant that into another person at the very early part of their life in order to extend life expectancy, in order to push the limits of human understanding past where it can currently go. I think that would be a good thing. Because I just think that our life our life duration is limiting. Do you know what I mean? I think no. that's I think that's where artificial intelligence is gonna make a massive no. leap because no, it's no. infinite. No. Um it doesn't matter how long human beings are alive for. The limiting factor is how logically and rationally we think. To some degree. If we all think equally, logically and rationally, then there is no reason to expect that we will not be as effective and optimal as a computer. I don't know, like even if even if people like like I'm I'm only using this as an example because it's the only reference I've got. Even if Sam Harris, the neuroscientist, smart yep. dude, spent no time at all trying to rationalise his arguments to dumb people that can't get him, I still don't think in his lifetime he would be like I still I, I just don't think I still don't think that his lifeline is long enough to push human race forward. Like that is going to happen. Don't get me wrong. Incrementally, I just like imagine what life would be like if people lived instead of to no, instead no, of you, to ninety to a thousand, where all right, all right. the life the life lessons that they learn within a hundred years could then be applied to an additional nine hundred years. Like imagine what life would be like if that's what humans were like. Alternatively, imagine if even in just a thousand, uh, in, in just a hundred years, one could be converted from thinking in the old way to the rational, logical way. It wouldn't matter if you had, if you needed ten times one hundred year lifespans to get to a thousand years, or just one times a thousand year lifespans to get to a thousand years. I mean, they're, they're both the same amount of years. It's just one requires a many orders of magnitude to get to a thousand-year lifespan from 80. Many, many, many. Uh, no, that's incorrect. It's, it, it takes just over one order of magnitude. One times ten. Eight hundred to a thousand. Um, compared with just making us all think more rationally, which I also accept is an order of magnitude as unlikely because making us all 10 times more rational is a, a huge barrier. It's a huge stumbling block. It's almost as big as making every single one of us age till the age of, of 800. But I think it's more achievable, which is why I focus my efforts not towards let's optimize life expectancy instead of let's optimize life rationality. I'm curious. As, let's wrap this up. Yep. I want this to be the last word. I spend the vast majority of my day 
coming up with ideas for brands I don't give a fuck about. Mm. You spend a vast majority of your day driving traffic to a website. Oh, fuck, this is such a terrible conversation to end on because if any of our colleagues listen to this... <laughs> I'm sure they're in the same boat. But do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm getting at here? What I'm asking you is, is do you feel like the time you spend, your energy that you expend during the course of your day, is that the thing that you want to expend your energy on? At the end of my day, I think, you know what? I have tried um, disproportionately hard to send people to China and Japan. And if there's going to be a third world war, it's going to be between us and China. And the better we can get to understand each other, the better. I, I'm, I'm massively in favor of trade, of travel, of, of open borders, of integration. The closer we all get to sharing everything, including language and a way of thinking, which is the scientific way of thinking, because there is only the universal scientific way of thinking. The closer we get to that, the poorer we get in terms of cultural um, relics, but the closer and richer we get to peace. And I do not consider that to be anything bad whatsoever. So maybe I should spend my time trying to convert thinking of other languages into something that people would understand graphically. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Interesting. Not interesting. Thought-provoking, captivating, mind-boggling. Certainly not interesting. Anyway, let's end it there, Ed. I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. I don't drink ever. And I've really relaxed and just enjoyed this conversation. And we've talked about a lot of stuff. We've talked a lot of bullshit. And as I've said, I'm really sorry, Ed's mom. I hope I get to meet you one day and I, I apologise. Like, I'm not a bad person, even though I do swear occasionally. <laughs> and uh, I hope people have enjoyed this. And I hope, please join the conversation. Please tell me and Ed where you think we're full of crap. We'll, we're, we're open to being wrong. And that's the point of these kind of conversations, that we just want to understand stuff, life. What, like what things are about so let us know hopefully we'll do another conversation like this soon I've really really enjoyed this it's been a very very long one um, but yeah any part, any passing words I can't imagine what your editor will make of this I'm, I'm the editor I cannot afford to give this to the editor <laughs> it's going to cost me 60 quid to get this edited it's three hours long I'm the editor. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and cringe at my own alcohol. Uh, I was just about to say alcoholic. I drink once <laughs> in a friggin' blue moon. My own alcohol-fueled voice swearing over a microphone. My mum's going to be disappointed. I've said horrendous words. Sorry, mum. Think, think uh, as 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 universally. Th th 
Think as God would think. If 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 God God was an actual thing. If God was an actual thing. If God was an actual thing, would God be from the United States of America, or would he be from Turkmenistan? He's a black woman. Ermina, Ermina, Ermina. That's a much better accent. Anyway. <laughs> God. Let me let me restart that. <laughs> if, if if God was if God was any nationality, would he give a fuck about any other nationality? If the answer is no, and in God's eyes we're all equal, then just quit being patriotic, quit being nationalistic, quit being in favor of. Uh, all, all, all sorts of trappings of nationalism, like royal families and flags and all of that. And just start conversing with each other, wherever you're from, arbitrarily. Wherever you are from, just start conversing with each other in a common language, which is backed up by reason and logic and rationality. And you will see just how forgiving and cooperative and peaceful the world will be. That's the message we're going to put out just as the Queen releases her speech at Christmas. We'll put out Ed simultaneously. (laughs) And I hope... (laughs) We'll hashtag it with Queen's speech. (laughs) 2016 was a fucking turd. Right. Oh, God, the world went mental, right? It really did. But it brought us together. Ricky. It did. It did. It, it brought really us did. together. There we go. The silver linings to every situation, folks. Here, here. Here, here. Merry uh, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, chum. Bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate your time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to subscribe and share. As a final parting word from me, I'd like to invite you all to an ongoing project called the Move Me Mailing List. The Move Me Mailing List includes links to all the interesting things I've uncovered that month, as well as resources I've discovered and insights that I believe will move you forward. So join the thousand plus early adopters who've joined the list already and see what all the fuss is about. Finally, wherever you are in the world, I hope you have a great week and see you next time for another episode. Bye for now. Today's episode was sponsored by Phoebe.com, helping people of all ages to unlock their creative potential. To find out more about Phoebe's events and what they can do for you, visit Phoebe.com. That's F-O-B-I.com. Phoebe, full of bright ideas.